going to change then don't listen because we're going to piss you off the realest juggernaut there's a powerful force in realism Welcome to the New World Order. This New World Order will be a new society and features lots of changes. This new society is great for some and not so great for others. In the New World Order, you will learn to love to live more modestly. You do not need to own things when you can simply lease them from your loving government-approved companies. We will transform our current pollution-ridden cities to something much more beautiful and you will love it. Life in the new world order will be, um, different. In this new perfect world, cash will be illegal. Everyone will be issued a certain amount of global credits, which will be the only way you can buy and sell in the new society. These digital financial credits will also be tied to your social credit scores. Your credit scores will become your digital footprint and will be used to control your travel, what you can buy, where you can live, your energy usage, medical excess, everything you do will be in a government database. This is great. You will be issued more credits if you are good and promote our new system. Citizens will be given less global credits if they ever criticize the new world order. If you are non-binary, a demented pedophile, can barely think, worship the devil, and help promote the new world order. You will be greatly rewarded with extra credit each month. Since robots and AI will replace most jobs, you will have more time to play your favorite video games and watch more Netflix. This is so great! In the new society, 
parents will not be allowed to make decisions for their children. The government will raise your kids. Each child will be assigned a state-sponsored caseworker. These caseworkers will teach your kids that everything is racist, how to be queer or gender fluid, and teach them about all the different sex positions. If you object to your caseworkers teaching techniques, or if you object to the caseworker sleeping with your child, everyone in your family will be docked global credits, and your family could be relocated to a FEMA camp. Resistance is foolish. Meet Stacy. Stacy is one of our best caseworkers. Stacy could be in charge of one of your kids. How great would that be? In this new world order, it's important to follow the rules. Certain websites will be illegal. Daddy, what is Infowars.com? Bowcraft. If you see something, say something. You as a citizen should report your neighbors if they aren't following the new rules. You have the power to make the world better. Caring, reporting, assisting, progressive, C-R-A-P, which stands for crap. You too can be a piece of crap and will be greatly rewarded. As we see here, this man misgendered a man lady. The police are dealing with him in the most fitting way. This offender seen here did not recycle his paper straws. If you don't like this, you will be sentenced to death by lethal injection. Brought to you by Pfizer. Things will get so bad in our society. Your family will be begging for the new world order. You will need the government in order to survive. In this new utopia, if you do not comply with our new laws and regulations, our totally not corrupt federal and local judges will make sure that you are given the proper penalties. Jail, financial ruin, death penalty, anything is possible. As we all adjust to the new normal, it's important to remember that you do not matter. Do not complain about the hyperinflation. Do not complain about the higher taxes. And do not complain about Bill Gates' death panels. This is for the greater good. This is what I call happy making time. Let us all celebrate this new world order. The new world order. Please stay a while. We won't keep you for long. We'll keep you forever. You know, we partnered with Google, for example. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world you know, should know it, and, and the platforms themselves also do. Um, but again, it's it's it is um, it's it's a huge, huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active in. The confidence has been weakened, and I, I had quite high level of confidence when it comes to Twitter. I have to say that we worked with knowledgeable people, with the lawyers, with the sociologists who understood that they have to behave in some decent way, behave. not to cause really big harm to the society.
I always felt that this this notion of responsibility was there. So this is what I don't feel from uh, Elon Musk personally. You do not fear Elon Musk is bowing to your Führer. We are the leaders. We are the leaders of the Global Reich, the Fourth Reich. And Elon Musk, he, oh, you do bad. And the EU has passed all the UN edicts at the national level to control all information. And they brag about it. And they said a year ago, oh, don't worry, we'll get Elon Musk. And now they filed this big civil slash criminal operation against him to take over X. EU takes action against Elon Musk X over disinformation when they're the biggest liars ever. So it's time to tell the globalist to look them right in the eye and tell them, go fuck yourselves. Fuck you and your new world order. Burn in fucking hell. We're done. We're not intimidated. We're not backing down. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link today. Look deeper into what you think you see. Feel for what you think you hear. Break free from the chains of an illusion. The realist juggernaut. There's a powerful force in realism. Welcome to The Realist Juggernaut. I'm your host, John Neff. Always remember, there's a powerful force in realism where being real is always important. There are too many fake people in this world and they will lie to you. And I mean lie to you to get what they want. So be a juggernaut. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Realist Juggernaut. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's happy. Well, I hope everybody's not getting sick either because I just got over COVID and I got over it fairly quick. It lasted for about three days and I did it naturally. So, you know, the only thing that sucks is I'm going through, I have like a cold and I, I'm having a hard time getting rid of it because I already had a weak immune system because of my health conditions already. So with that said, um, for some reason, it's hard to get rid of this cold. I just can't, I can't figure it out, even with all the vitamin C I'm taking and all that other good stuff. So um, 
hopefully get over this thing soon because uh, it's starting to agitate me just a little bit. Um, and I don't like to be talking nasally. I can't stand it. And sometimes, every now and then, it's kind of hard to catch my breath a little bit because of the nasaliness. But, you know, other than that, I mean, I'm feeling all right and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, so this show is kind of going to be a little bit on the special side because I am going to be recasting um, a couple of interviews and uh, some exciting things that happened. And I'm very happy um, that they did because they needed to happen. Okay. Um, Tucker Carlson interviewed Alex Jones. And Alex Jones, get this, interviewed Elon Musk. Two very interesting things. I knew eventually Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones would get together on this, but I didn't think Elon Musk would have got together with Alex Jones. Being all the hype out there, all the lies. Um, but regardless, they happened and I am grateful that I was able to get the videos and recast them to you guys. Um, and I just have to be clear, the realist juggernaut had nothing to do with these interviews. Okay. So, you know, I am just simply recasting these videos so y'all can get the information and, um, you know, and leave your comments. Send me an email at um, therealistjuggernaut@gmail.com. Um, that's therealistjuggernaut@gmail.com. Because um, I'd like to hear your input on this. It would be very interesting. And you know, also I want to thank you guys for all the the, the support too. Um, you guys downloading and listening to these um, shows and whatnot. Um, we are very very happy, and you know. Very, very privileged that you guys are, are doing that. And uh, we appreciate it. So, you know, with that said, enjoy the shows. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will see you probably a week or two after New Year's. So, okay. Otherwise, have a great night. Take care and God bless. To, just to elaborate on the, the public, public relations firms, PR firms, which, which really should be called propaganda firms, because that's literally, public relations is literally a propaganda word for propaganda. You can read the history of how public relations uh, was developed. Um, Edward Bernays. Correct. 
so, uh, but the, 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 the way that PR firms actually corrupt the media is is actually in a very significant way. Is that journalists um, are are paid very little uh, as as journalists, but 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 they can le- later retire and join a PR firm and make a, a lot of money uh, on the basis of their of the, of the articles they've written in the past and and the, their contacts at their publication. So there is actually a strong monetary incentive, uh, very strong, for corruption of the traditional media. Elon, Elon, it's so glad you said that because people don't understand that's how these work. And I'm just now learning about that. The PR firms are so powerful. They're full of intelligence agency, former people. So just like a general will sign off on some bad weapon system, then he retires and gets on the major board of the defense contractor for $5 million a year. It's a revolving door. And so that's why... When these big PR firms snap uh, and say jump, the media says how high, and you're absolutely right. right. When, it, when it comes to fact-checking, they're really one of the most nasty, deceptive groups out there. Yeah, they're propaganda firms. It, it, it would just make a lot more sense if you just think PR firm equals propaganda. PR equals propaganda. That is what, literally what it, what it means. Um, and uh, if you read the I think ridiculous. you're dropping out, Elon. Is he dropping out? Uh, is he dropping out for anyone else? Yeah, Sorry. he's dropping off for me. Elon, you said yeah, yeah. You just you just dropped out, Elon. I think you're back now. Um, oh, okay. Is your Sorry. mic I, working? Oh, it is, it's mic, good now. It's good now. Um, my mic is working, but I'm just back. Gonna, you were on PR I'm firms. Just, you were on PR firms. Equal propaganda. Yes, it's the the public group should really understand that public relations literally just means propaganda. PR firm means propaganda, but, and the PR firms uh, it, have very strong control over the traditional media because that's where journalists go to retire and make tons of money. Um, so that's, there's a very strong monetary incentive for journalists to uh, do what the PR firms say because they know that that is where they're going to get rich in the future. Bingo. Um, Elon, uh, a question is is more for Alex, and Alex, me and Alex were discussing it before you jumped on. Is um, the pressure, if any, that you faced since reinstating, or since you said you'll reinstate uh, Alex? Now, Alex, uh, you know, kind of referred to extreme scenarios where your life could be in danger because of what you're doing with X. I know you mentioned it briefly in one of the first spaces we had. You made a joke about, "Hey guys, if something happens to me, um, I'll never commit suicide." But how much pressure have you faced in recent months? Um, obviously, we've seen the back and forth with a few organizations uh, that are trying to censor others. Um, and has that increased since you reinstated uh, Alex? I mean, I, at this point, I, I, it, reading the, the sort of legacy media is is just depressing. Um, uh, I accidentally, once in a while, will... We'll, go see like Google News or whatever, or, you know, Yahoo News or whatever, some sort of random thing. And I'm like, this is just, I mean, frankly, the quality of the propaganda isn't even good. I'm, I, look, if you're going to do propaganda, at least make it entertaining. Um, and I find it's it's dull, boring. Uh, it's, it, it, you know, and this is not even well written. Um, well, that's know, right. They'll I, put out one thing and then they all parrot it. It's, it's, it's a yeah, dog. it's like lazy propaganda. It's like work harder. Uh, we've got Andrew Tate here as well. Andrew, how are you? Andrew, your, your mic, is it working? you got to unmute bottom left corner. Can you hear me? 
We can, yeah. yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, friend. I'm in the middle of a poker game, but since this is the battle for humanity against the Satanists and the Matrix with its constant deception of the populace, I thought I would jump in and say hello to everybody. Your thoughts, hello? Andrew? We had uh, we had uh, uh, your brother on earlier, uh, Tristan, come on earlier. Your thoughts on, on Alex Jones uh, being back on X? I'd rather hear his thoughts on Elon Musk being the biggest maverick of the last 500 years. I'm not kissing ass here. Elon, you, I mean, you're, you've got big ones, man. On every front, you are literally overturning the entire power structure. I was just going to say this to let Andrew get in, but I, have, I just want to say this while you're here. Uh, I mean, you are literally changing the entire paradigm, and, and you, you've definitely got the system scared. And, and so everybody needs to support X. Everybody needs to support the sponsors on X. I personally am doing all my Christmas shopping this year with all the great gadgets and stuff that are on X, but I'm going to shut up now. But I would imagine instead of talking about Alex Jones, I'd like to hear Andrew Tate talk about or ask questions to Elon Musk. Yeah, well, Alex is certainly a, a friend of mine. I've known him for a long time, and I'm extremely happy he's back. I've celebrated that publicly, but Alex nailed it. Elon is taking the biggest risk here. It takes unlimited energy to propagate lies. You have to continually repeat them, and you have to continue to try and falsify information and hide the truth to keep lies afloat. And this simple purchase, you call it simple, the purchase of a simple website has literally cracked the matrix in real time, and it becomes extremely difficult now to run the psyops they were previously running and enslave the populace, which is their primary goal. So Elon is a hero, absolutely. And the risks you are taking, Elon, I don't think many people at home actually understand the gravity of the risks you are taking because your ability to speak freely is heavily leveraged against your insignificance. You're only allowed to speak if nobody listens to you. And if you get big and people start listening, they're going to come at you hard. And I think I'm not completely versed, but from what I understand, Elon's already suffering the lawfare tactics, which they're going to do. They're going to keep pulling out the hat to try and slow him down. or, or Oh, oh, him. oh, Andrew, let me interrupt before I forget. I don't give him any attention. The same law firm that came after me with these PR firms. You've just dropped out, I think, Alex. It's just dropped out? Anyone else can you? Yeah, uh, I think he's, he got a call. No, you got a call. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. There is a three-letter agency running this. Not all of them, but let's just say it starts with a C and it ends with an A. Sorry, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. And there's liberal NGOs, which will sponsor agents of the Matrix. They'll sponsor females to end up in a house party and then lie to try and then put you in a Romanian jail cell and get you sitting with the cockroaches in a dungeon. And it's a very scary world where you get to a point where you're t only time trying to tell the truth and they're going to punish you for that using endless lawfare. And this, this battle has only just begun. But the Matrix has truly cracked now, and it's going to be extremely hard to lie to us like they did before with X the way it currently is. And I think it came at exactly the right time. I almost, without trying to sound pessimistic, there was a point where I kind of felt like I was losing hope. You couldn't tell the truth about anything. Everything was a lie. Everything from head to toe was a lie. And they're trying to lock us all back in our houses again, and we can finally talk about it. It's truly heroic. And Elon's taking massive risk, and the respect I have for him for doing that is, is, is enormous. Absolutely. I mean, this is what happened. I'm going to shut up. So I want to hear from Elon, but this is so historic. Elon Musk's courage, and it's true, I'm saying, has broken the back of the globalists. They'll, they'll never be able to turn this around again unless they have a nuclear war. We, we, Elon Musk has broken their back. Yeah. Well, I guess some people are afraid to die, but I am not. <laughs> that, that, and you know what? It's kind of crazy because I was talking to someone the other day and I was explaining 
they were asking about my seizure, how they took all my houses, all my money, all my cars, blah, blah. And I said, you never truly own anything on this earth anyway. You can have a piece of paper that says you own it, but if you piss off the government structures, they just get a judge to stamp a different piece of paper and you no longer own it. The only thing you own is your soul and your integrity. And this is the one thing they cannot take away from you no matter what they do to you. And that is the best feeling on earth. It doesn't matter if you can sell your soul to the devil and repeat what they want you to say, but then you truly own nothing. And yeah, I think I that as, as history books look back on this pivotal moment when X was finally freed and the information of the world could finally be spoken freely, I really do believe we're on the right side of history. And if you were to ask me if there's anything worth dying for, it would be for the freedom of humanity and to be on the right side of history. So I agree with you absolutely, Elon. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, all, I, 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 I'm just generally in favor of civilization and the furtherance of civilization. Um, and I think we should always be concerned that uh, we can – regress as a civilization and if you if you study history just you can just see the, the arc of, of one civilization after another as the civilizations rise and fall through history um we've, we've been in a period of civilization rising very rapidly but we should be concerned that it it, it may we may we may be cresting we may subside um and and, and there, I have to. There are many times where I, have, I get late stage civilization vibes, um, you know, and I'm just worried that that maybe we're cresting as a civilization and and perhaps headed for for a fall. So, yeah. Well, I agree with you because I I truly believe, and a lot of people have ever said this before me. This is not original idea, but I think as AI and machines and tech increases, a lot of people are going to be deemed useless by the overlords. And then you have to sit and decide what are they going to do with all these people who have hopes and dreams and they want health care and they want a garden and they want a house to live in and they don't want to be treated like cattle. They're going to become extremely inconvenient. So I don't think many people at home understand that this war cannot be avoided. I've had a lot of people who understand why they threw me in jail in Romania and understood I've done nothing wrong. And they said to me, why do you take up this fight? Why you don't just delete your Twitter and disappear and drive a Ferrari all day? And I explained that this war cannot be avoided. You're either on the front line and you're fighting for something or you're sitting waiting to die. You're waiting for the Mongol horde to come over the horizon and chop your head off. No, I totally agree. And just to throw this in there, if you read, and Elon, I knew you were doing great work. When I saw you six months ago at the World Government Summit, where they're all just saying we're going to make everybody eat bugs and we'll make the decisions to put microchips in them, and you said, we don't want a centralized system. We want a diverse system. We want firewalls. And I don't agree with this Tower of Babel you're building. They know that we go through cycles, and they want to artificially create a great reset collapse, in their own words, to make everybody else poor, consolidate power, and they'll have a smaller type two civilization for themselves. And I think you're trying to build a type two civilization or even a type one civilization, I should say, uh, for all of us. And, right. and you said we, we need to have a debate about, we need to have a debate about uh, going interstellar. We've got to expand yeah. we collapse. And Elon Musk is saying, correct me if I'm wrong, we, you don't stay in stasis. You either expand right. or you collapse. So yes, you're exactly. Creating, you, you, either grow, you either grow or, you're, or, or you collapse. You, 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 you don't, the steady state is, is basically an impossibility. So you have to pick it, you have to pick, make a choice. Do you want to grow civilization uh, or, or do you want to decline and, and collapse? And because you know, steady state is, it's not stable. So, and I say we grow and I say we expand and, and, and we, we, we have more humans and we become a multi-planet species and a space-faring civilization and ultimately be out there among the stars. And I think that is the, the, the exciting, inspiring thing for, for the future. 
not a declining human civilization that dwindles to nothingness and, and, and where humanity dies with a whimper. And that's the bottom line. I think it is the battle of people who believe in humans and humanity and want it to expand against people who are so selfishly going through the earth and so selfishly orientated that they don't care about expanding civilization. They just want to control the humans that are currently here. And, and Andrew, I totally agree with you. And an arrogance. I totally agree. Let me throw this caveat on because I've read the writings of Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and the Club of Rome. They know we could easily expand. There's plenty of room. Hundreds of billions of known galaxies. They know that, that this is just a seed that's going to not just grow into one giant oak, but an entire forest, an entire universe. And so they want to shut everybody else down because they can't deal with politicians, like the Elon Musk that come out of the general public. They want a global tyranny so they can direct it and control it so that they direct the expansion. And we can't let that happen because they literally talk about it, Agenda 21, the official UN plan, a 90% world population. So we need to go with the Elon Musk plan. And that's why I tell people that get upset, they go, Elon Musk is involved in every advancing technology. The globalists are pushing that too. Well, technology is like a gun. It's whose hand it's in. And so we need the gun in the people's hands, the gun of expansion, instead of in the globalist hands. And so just because Elon Musk is on the cutting edge of every technology, don't fear the technology like some troglodyte. Fear us not being in control of it. And Elon is saying we need it to be an expansionary human explosion of competition and freedom, not some new dark age with a tiny breakaway civilization that's only working for itself. Sorry, I'm ranting. No, no, but you're completely right, because if, if Elon doesn't push these boundaries, they will push these boundaries. And once they have the sole control and the monopoly over such technologies, it's over for all of us. And I don't think most people understand. It simply is the humanistic view against the death cult view. And there's people in the world who have yes. no interest in – they have no interest in growing humanity, no interest in advancing the species as a whole. Their interest is in power sure. and control, and all they want to do is have absolute power over the people that currently exist and their children. And you can talk about all the perverse reasons they want to do those exact things. But it's truly scary. And all the people at home who don't really understand the gravity of this fight, they seem to think it's right wing, left wing. Ha ha ha. Yes, exactly. They're, they're thinking about it the wrong way. It's, it's, sorry, I just got a little X here. Um, uh, you're totally, exactly. This right, left, it's, it's, it's the wrong way to think about it. It's, it's uh, the, the sort of the extinctionist versus the pro-humans. Uh, and once you see that it's extinctionist versus the the, the, the human, the, the pro-humans, then it, it becomes very clear. So, Elon, when are you going to, I know you got 100 irons in the fire, but I've really, when you talk about we need to create a, a plan B for humanity, well, that's really. No, it's not, it's not a plan B. It's, it, 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 I mean, I think. As an, I alternate, said, an, alternate, an alternate master plan. Because the globalists oh. are controlled right now. You're trying to wrest control with us, helping. I mean, well, when, when are you going to put out your battle plan, or, or are you already putting it out of pieces? No, I mean, I mean what, what I'm saying is that actually, I think we, 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 should, we should expand humanity. Uh, like, basically, we should have basically more, more kids. Uh, you know, we, we, population should increase. Uh, and 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 we should uh, become a, a multi-planet species and uh, and you know make life multi-planetary, build a self-sustaining um, civilization on Mars, and 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 then ultimately you know this will be long after I'm dead uh, probably, but uh, well almost certainly uh, we, we can go to other star systems and and go out there and I don't know maybe we'll find some long dead alien civilizations. Um, and I don't think we want to be one of those lame one planet civilizations that never got beyond, you know, its home planet. Um, 
I mean, we're gonna, you know, you know, what are the aliens gonna think of that? <laughs> it's like we 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 gotta make a good showing, Team Human. Well, yeah, go. and that would absolutely that would be certainly disappointing. <laughs> but so. but it's, it's 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 essential, and and truthfully, it's so amazing we even speak about these things. Only two years ago, you couldn't even speak about these subjects, but it's so pertinently obvious to anyone who pays attention and. It is scary, and, and, and expansion and humanistic views are certainly the way to progress, and it has to be done. There's no other way, just like a business, just like you guys said, if you stand still, you die. And uh, it takes a few brave people to, to break the matrix. You have to break the dam, and I think bravery is so important because it puts a crack in the dam, and it shows that if there's people out there brave enough to risk getting canceled, risk lawsuits, risk lawfare – then it's going to inspire bravery amongst the rest of the populace. And it becomes extremely hard to lie to brave people. And, and I think that that's one of the largest pandemics of Earth today is bravery. And when I say bravery, I don't mean that in any kind of negative connotation. Bravery is, is being full of love and loving the people around you and sticking up for your community and loving where you live and loving your country. And it's brave to do those things. And it's love. What are the globalist pieces? Children are bad. We're ugly. Humans create you know, all this racial division. They want us to hate each other, so we just yeah. give up, roll over, so the globalists can have the future. I would just yeah, like to I say here. The globalists are short-sighted, too, because the, the thing is that you can't really separate yourself from civilization. So I think those those who are sort of advocating like, – like it's, re it's really it, – I think it's just logical to be pro-civilization. You don't actually necessarily have to be altruistic. You just have to think long-term and say, obviously, you cannot exist in any in any good way without civilization. I mean, just look at – watch one episode of Naked and Afraid and see how much you want to go live in a forest by yourself. Um, well, we're, it's, we're it's, in a very – It's not fun. We're in a super pivotal moment now, and the reason we're in a pivotal moment is because the machines cannot do the policing as of yet. My brother and I often sure. talk about how bad COVID would have been if they had Terminator machines. You didn't have your mask on. You couldn't even appeal to the empathy of the person who knew how insane it all was. As soon as yeah. the machines control the policing, it's absolutely over, and we're not that far away. So we're in a very pivotal period now where the bravery that's required to resist the globalist oppression has to happen now. Soon the technology will exist. And it's over for everybody. We, we are we are at critical critical crossroads right now in the entire future of the human destiny. And and, and I called it Plan B, but I mean, Elon, what do you call it? Just an alternate plan for humanity? Because we should have a debate because, because the Black Rocks and the globalists are right now in control. If they were 100% control, you you and others have helped rest it to maybe they're in 80% control. They're losing control very quickly as people discover what they're doing. But what would you call the debate and discussion about a pro-human future? Just team humanity? Yeah, team humanity. Absolutely. That sounds like, that sounds good. Um, but, I, you know, I think, like, something that's, that, that is really important is, is, like, you just literally have to have kids or there's no, there's no next generation. I mean, Alex, do you, do you have kids? Yes, I do. I'm not as prolific as you, but I wish I was. It's the best thing in my life. I have four. Okay, great. And and Andrew, I do have a few. I won't let you down, Elon. I'm coming. I'm okay, coming good. to take over your title. I'm coming <laughs> to take over. I'm doing my best. You know, I I've okay. got to use my good looks for something. Well, I think we order encourage people to to you know uh, have kids and. Um, and, and, and this is the bottom line argument. This is what is so important. We just talked about how the globalists are ultimately selfish and only care well, about their own power. Look at most of the globalists don't have children. And yeah, yeah, but, but they're selfish. The you, you, guys, you guys are all attacking the globalists. But if you ask a globalist, like I have friends who would, I would consider globalists. You ask them, their ideologies are aligned that 
they believe that somebody living across the world is just as valuable as somebody who lives in America. And I know, you know, there's they've already enslaved the third world. And then no, 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 that's not how everybody who you would categorize as no, you're right, there's a lot of useful think, idiot no, globalists. That, that's but not, globalists at the top are depopulationists. That's oh, their so, so, so maybe if you want to look at the top, you can say globalists at the top. Some of them might have that view. But, you know, if you just talk to an ordinary person who views themselves as a globalist, they're not saying, oh, you know, I'm evil. I'm, they're not an evil person. They just have this belief that every, every per, human being around the globe is equal. That's, that's I would all call that an internationalist. So, that's an internationalist. A globalist wants one world government run by corporations. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think you can label them differently, but I think if you talk to somebody... Well, Henry Kissinger gonna... was a globalist. Zbigniew Brzezinski was a globalist. I'm not trying to be mean to you, but their, their number one rule is the earth is too small. We can't expand. We've got a bean count and put everybody on rations. We've got a social engineer and in the normal human program because humans are failed. And they want to turn us into factory farm humans. Those are a lot of survivors. I'll answer the question. I'll answer the question. Sorry, guys. If I if I can just say like some of these titles are a little confusing. If someone if say someone's an internationalist or a globalist, I think where what what can achieve some disambiguation here is to say, like, does someone have as an axiomatic belief that there are too many people on the Earth, or do they not? Do they, have a, do they believe that the Earth can sustain the current population, or do they think it cannot? Now, the, the reality is Earth can actually uh, handle a, a human population probably 10 times larger than the current yes. population. Earth is actually very sparsely populated by humans. We only see density because if we're in a, in, in an, uh, a dense urban environment like New York or, or Boston, London or something like that. Um, but if, 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 like, here would be like a good test. If, if you took a plane from LA to New York and you try to drop a bowling ball and hit somebody, you, your chances of success are basically zero. You, you'd have to drop 10,000 bowling balls, maybe. <laughs> yes. You, you just, the, 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 and, and I'll, I'll tell you sort of something that may, may, may scare people a little bit is that there are thousands of objects falling onto Earth from space all the time. But how often do you hear about someone someone actually getting hit by falling right. uh, by, by meteorites? Absolutely, it's there's one known case of a woman at her house getting hit by one. Elon, yeah. I, I want I want to just respond to Ed actually for a second because again, when it comes, I want to, I think I think it's good to get a good counter view here. I think that there's two different things going on, Ed. I know what you're I know what you're trying to say, but there's a separate point about your obligations, right? So you can and I believe. A lot, everything has been said about the importance of expansionism for humanitarian for humanity being pro civilization and expansion pro human race to win. That's like a separate axis, though, from saying where are your obligations where you are. Right. So we talked about procreation and family. Then we talked about the nation. Well, look, I'm I have two kids. As a father, my moral obligation, I believe, is first and foremost to my family, and then let's say as a president. My moral obligation is to the citizens of the nation that I lead. And then you can worry about hunger in the Congo or whatever else needs to happen in the Darfur or, or in other places. And so I don't think that you're saying necessarily that that life. Charity begins at home. Charity exactly. And that's home. not saying that that life abroad is any less valuable inherently. And so when you say like the globalist view is that all it's saying is that all life is equal wherever it is on earth. It's not like I think the view, an alternative view is countering that. There's also just a separate place in terms of where you're situated 
where's your obligations, right? As, as, a, as a father, it's to your family. As a president, it's to your country. And just because you believe that's the hierarchy of your obligations means somebody else is a leader of one of those other countries. And that's an obligation that they have too. But that's like a different discussion. Well, the, neoliberals, yep. they, the neoliberals in their own PR, they're the ones doing the worst things on the earth. They just say, oh, we want global government because we want to give Africa's representation. Then they lock them down for three years and starve 30 million of them to death and then organize them to flood us as a, as a political underclass. This is cold-blooded Henry Kissinger, State Department Memorandum 200. I mean, it's not black. And I think it's two different right? conversations. But, but what yeah. is black and I'm sorry, what is just black? Go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead, Andrew, and then we'll go to Dave. Andrew? Okay. What, what, what I do believe is black and white is simply if you read a history book, you'll see the worst things that humanity have ever done have been do, done with good intentions. That's what's so bad about evil acts is that people Rub think they're doing the right thing. And that's the most dangerous thing about it. And this idea that they look at all human life as sacred and all the same, I actually disagree. I think the reason they will prioritize people in a third world country, for example, you'll say it's because they see us as equal. I think it's because they see us now as spoilt and annoying. They don't like that we need pensions and living space and healthcare. They simply want slaves in a robot class and they'll do anything it takes to get it and they'll get it from anywhere they can. And when someone comes along and says, well, my intentions are good, I'm not interested in that because you can name any Holocaust or any atrocity in, in history. The people didn't think they were the bad guys. They often thought they were the, the good guys. And I guess the easy way to look at life is you want, you want to be having as many children as possible. You want to pray other people do the same and you want those people to enjoy freedom. And anyone who's coming along restricting speech, restricting access to certain things, restricting movement, restricting, all they're doing is trying to restrict so they can control. And nobody in a history book ever who did that either was the good guy. I think it's very clear to see who's on the right side of history and who isn't. And I advocate freedom for everybody. If I had disagreed with absolutely everything Alex said, I'd still be glad he's back on on, on X and these people can't even handle a different opinion. Do you think they're going to allow the people of a different opinion to them to share water or share food or share anything else once they And the reason they don't want another opinion is they want to misrepresent what Elon Musk or Andrew Tate or Vivek Ramaswamy or any of I'm telling you, they want us silenced so they can lie about what we said. Yeah. I agree with you. I have a Jackson, I'm going to go to you right after. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I agree that with you there. I think that a lot of the media and a lot of these platforms do want to silence voices because they want their voice to be heard louder. So yeah, I, I definitely hear you there. I, I definitely don't. I definitely, as when it comes to global globalists, I think you know it's not black and white. You're not either a globalist or you're not. I think people fall in between, and they have there's different reasons for why people might feel one way about one you know, you could say globalist idea and another. So, so I, I mean, I, I don't like painting people like, you know, in, with a black and white pen because I, I feel that everybody falls somewhere in the middle. Can, uh, all can I, I just know say, is this. What? There are people that want a corporate world government whose aim is depopulation and not giving the general public access to technology by lying about resources and, 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 and literally saying carbon dioxide that plants breathe is evil and then telling us the world's going to end in 2030 and the ice caps are all going to melt. And, and none of that's true. So our children basically give up on the future, decide not to have children. That's all I'm saying. Elon Musk is promoting an optimistic pro-human future that the science and evidence shows is real and that we need. Gentlemen, I have to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I just, I just okay. want to be sort of, uh, yeah, exactly. I want to be clear about See, my position. I'm, I'm super pro-human, and I mean all humans, uh, you know, humans in America, humans in, in Somebody's Africa, got their thing 
and never else. Phone open in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Vivek. Vivek, that's that's your phone, Vivek. I'm not able to mute you. Vivek. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Elon. Um, Sorry about that. So, um, <laughs> well, I hope you feel better. I now. feel great. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm super pro-human I, for, for 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 team humanity here, and um, and I just think we want to make sure that people have a positive view of the future. And and in, like, I think I, I encounter a lot of people who who have actually very pessimistic conclusions about the future. Um, and and if you say if you if you try to unpack that and say where does that pessimism come from, um, and 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 I think like these are like you know good people like they have they, they have good intentions. I think they 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 think about things can come from is believing that the that 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 there are too many humans on the planet. This is false. Earth can easily sustain far more than the current population, um, and and but but they've been told this this thing and they've believed it and it is it is false. I'm very pro environment. Obviously, Bye, Andrew. I, I, I might have done more about more. You know, I'm certainly I, I might have done more. You know, for sustainable energy than, than maybe any single human. Um, so I, you know, it, it, I would consider myself an environmentalist, but I but I also believe in in, in physics and and reality and um, and not and not sort of being alarmist about things. Um, and, and well, I'll, something you said was really smart, and I've, I've seen the equations, I'm not a mathematician or rocket scientist like you, but we need the fossil fuels to get to the new technologies and transport. You can't yes. cut them all off and then not have it. To, they're, they're blowing up the bridge that gets them there. Yes, I would like, what I would I, like to say, right, right, my, final, my final point, I would like to say, I often get asked by people who follow me, they say, who do you think who controls the world? Who do you think the matrix is? And I use the matrix as a very simple way to explain that they purport a false version of reality that everyone buys into to keep your mind occupied so they can extract your body heat from you for the soulless machines, which are essentially, essentially the globalists we're talking about. And I try and say that I still believe that we run the world. There's a lot more of us than them. We still control the world. It's just down to what we will accept. And what will allow them to do to us. And that's why bravery is so essentially and so essential and so important. And I know I can come across as brash with my message. No, but no, no you're telling, not. Stop I'm telling 16 year olds. When I'm telling 16 year olds to go and get rich and buy a fast car and train hard and go to the gym, et cetera, because these young men are far less likely to blindly comply. And it's extremely important that they don't sigh off the next generation of of young masculine youth. And, and that's why the still, system was scared of you, Andrew, because you were doing it version of it to shock them out of it to show them how to have a destiny how to have desire how to want to be into the future and then that's well, the same thing in a different you're, way you're you're, you're you're right we still control the world and it's down to what we will accept and it's going to take bravery and love you need to love the people around you and love the human race and love the place you're from and i just want to wrap up by saying that i would never kill myself and if they put me back in that dungeon to starve I hope you will all do your very best to get me out because I'm in a very- We will, Andrew. Love situation. you. Can I just throw something out? Because I'm going to talk to Elon Musk here and everybody else. And this is surreal. Andrew Tate and Vivek Ramaswamy. This is crazy. John, um, uh, uh, I've got a friend I want to get on. We also have uh, Mark Dice, who's really, really stood up for free speech. He's on the line. If he can get a question. I'm going to leave Alex, in. but I just want to say welcome on Twitter. And uh, I think there will be more truth than not. <laughs> all else equal. So- Hail to the Thank truth. You, gentlemen. Take Thank it you easy, guys. Much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Vivek. Bye. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Vivek. I, I, have, up- I have one quick question. Um, Sorry, Jack. So I guess the, the premise as to why Alex was banned for, for so long was that, you know, he supposedly lied about an atrocity and that goes against ex-community guidelines. Uh, that's actually not, that's not quite correct. The, 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 
at least obviously this, I, this was before um, you know uh, the, I acquired the company. Uh, but the the actual reason for suspending him was um, he, he basically insulted a journalist. I, uh, well, was that, that wasn't. Was, wasn't it like was not, your, your purpose for keeping him? Well, still he believed banned? that because the media had said that. Now he's learned that, right? I, I'm no, just going I, off I, of I, what I just, well, just looked at. I just looked at the the the, 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 the logs for reason for suspension. That was was a, a, basically a third strike violation. The third strike violation was um, uh, insulting a journalist. I, yeah, I, this is literally this is this is this was not my decision. This is literally the Twitter logs of the old people that used to run Twitter. Yeah, I get. I guess what I'm saying is, like, under your leadership, though the the suspension was kept in place. I remember you tweeted out because you're not going to bring someone back who lied about, you know, the death of innocent children. Yeah. Uh, so if that if that's the case, then and and we're going to uphold things fairly and firmly for all ex users. Um, can we ins- can we expect that, like, if Alex or anyone else on this panel lied about? Sandy Hook or an atrocity again that they would also be banned again? Um, you already answered that. Yeah, I've already answered that. Okay, so if that is the case... And we will adhere to the law. That is that is what this platform will do. Um, so if somebody says... Does does something illegal? Then they they will be suspended. Uh, if they if they do not do something illegal, then um, they they may they, they may we will try our best to avoid any any kind of permanent bans unless someone does something fundamentally illegal. Um, Elon, I don't know. We don't. I know we don't. We're, we're, we're trying. We're just trying to stay true to the Constitution of the United States in the United in America and and the laws of the country as decided by the citizens. Elon, uh, how, how are you? Go ahead, Alex. I, and Elon way more interesting. And I just asked one question of Elon. Elon, uh, it, it's it's great having you here in Texas. You're kicking ass. You're 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 Texas through and through. Your whole spirit. We love you. Uh, whatever happens with Trump down the road, should we change the Constitution so you can run for president? Would you ever think about that? I I, I would like to stay as a technologist uh, and and build rockets and electric cars and you know things that. Technologies that hopefully uh, have a, a good effect on the world and advance civilization—that would be my preference. Um, I, I would not like to be president, uh, so that would I would, I would I would just like to build things that are uh, further civilization. That's that would, that's, that would, that's my I mean, goal. I think that's a smart. I think that's a smart answer. Are you concerned if the deep state establishment? We know it's not just one group is able to uh, kill Trump or, or not let him run for office for the repercussions? I mean, are you optimistic for the future currently? Or, or just how do you feel about the election coming up? Well, I think it will not be a boring year, that's for sure. Um, I think we're, it's going to be it's going to be eventful, I suspect. I, 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 I don't know. You, you seem to be quite concerned that people will try to assassinate uh, Trump, but I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I'm obviously, in, I'm, I'm, I'm against against assassination generally. So, you know, um, I guess if Hitler was alive, I'd be in favor of assassinating him. But you know, but you know, 
Stalin, you know, that kind of thing. I would you know, be too. Your attitude yeah. is um, <laughs> you can sell the world on freedom and, and, and humanity 2.0 and a new renaissance. The establishment will just step aside because our ideas are so good. Is that what you're saying? Look, I, I think what I'm saying is that I think it is very, it is very difficult to predict the future. Um, that we're, we're certainly going to have a very contentious uh, election and, and perhaps some contentious elections worldwide. Um, the X platform will strive to be as uh, as truthful as possible about what's going on, um, and to you know that's 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 going to be the goal. Um, and you know. SpaceX is going to build rockets and Tesla is going to build cars and, um, you know, as for what will happen, and I, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think that is there any big 2024 is going to be quite the encore for 2023 is my suspicion. I know you've talked about incredible jets. You want to invent some other things. Is there any other big invention you've got on the drawing board in the back of your mind that you haven't announced to the world that you want to tell people about today? <laughs> no, no. Uh, this would not be the forum for announcing uh, any new products or technologies. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the, 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 we we do have um, you know the, the Neuralink chip, which I know some people might be concerned about, but that that, that that's that's really something that will take a, lo a a very long time to you know be in any kind of widespread use. We've got the first use, the first the first patient will, will get a Neuralink chip. This is a quadriplegic, and 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 it will enable them to control their computer and their their phone. Um, and and then hey, you know, my uncle was in a motorcycle accident, and for and was about and he was having seizures for about to die, couldn't even walk. He got one. It's not one of your brain chips, but a brain yeah, chip. Yeah. And actually, he, he can walk and talk, and is happy now. So, well, yeah. that's not bad. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's the the, reg the regulatory stuff on this is is very intense. Um, so, the, but the, the first one will have you know you could think of it sort of like like a telepathy. You you can sort of um, control your computer and phone just by thinking. Um, so it's like it's kind of like telepathy. And then the the, the the one after that will be, I don't know, we're just trying to think of a name for it, but you can think of it like blindsight. Um, even if somebody has lost both eyes or, or lost the optic nerve and is completely blind, um, we can actually uh, give them some amount of eye, of sight. Um, or that. Ultimately, I think high-resolution high sight, kind of like Doherty LaForge from Star Trek, uh, you could actually see in, in multiple wavelengths. You could see like ultraviolet and infrared and even see radar if you want. And, and by the way, for people um, that don't know, Elon's not lying. Even in MIT papers, they've actually done tests. They actually That's what they say, though, is I know you, the problem is just narrowing the site to our bandwidth. They say these people see everything, right, like a full spectrum. Yeah, you can, you can have a, a point at which you have a camera. You can have a camera that can receive photons, photons of, of many wavelengths. So you could see, um, you know, it, even... At, in darkest night, um, and you can see ultraviolet. You can see infrared. Like I said, you can even see radar if you want. Um, so wow. you know, it would be a kind of thing that would uh, like. Uh, it was probably trademark thing, but I think blindside is a cool name for for it. Uh, it's like even yeah. Can we get one question from Mark Dice because this is the best interview ever. Mark Dice is a great journalist. He stood up for me for the last five years when nobody else would. Mark, quick question from Mark, please. Uh, a comment, really, uh, just to reinforce to everybody listening, all the journalists, and thank you, by the way, Elon, for unmute, for unbanning Alex for everything that you're doing for the platform, for humanity. But I just want to reinforce, and I'm glad you retweeted this, Alex. 
the reason why Twitter cited Alex being banned, contrary to popular belief, is not because he entertained some conspiracy theories about Sandy Hook, as crazy as they were. And Elon just confirmed that the Twitter logs said this. He he confronted Oliver Darcy, a public figure on public property, when he was working in the capacity of a journalist. And they cited that as But Mark, crap. that's old news. Let's move on from Alex Jones. Well, We're talking thing, to Elon Musk. What's your question for Elon well, Musk? You know, I didn't see the Twitter file. In the Twitter files, can you release data about the choices that were made regarding the trending list? Because the trending list drives the news cycle, as you know. And they can create a self-fulfilling prophecy by manually inserting topics in there, getting people to talk about them. It becomes a topic. It becomes news. Did I miss that in the Twitter files or was that just not released? I would like more data on the manipulation of the trending list uh, to manipulate the news cycles over the previous ownership. Yeah, um, well, there, there was a significant manipulation of the trending list. Um, and uh, yeah, worldwide. Um, I mean, you can just, I, I, I'd say like as a general rule of thumb, whatever conspiracy theory you've got about Twitter is probably true, even more true than you think it is. Uh, are you taking um, precautions? So now, it, no, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think well, I think I think the, the path to uh, you, you know having a sort of a clean system is maximum transparency. Um, so that's why, like for community notes, the software for community notes is completely open source. You can see every line. The data for com- community notes is completely open source. You can see the data, you can see the, the logic, and you can and you can independently create the the, the community note conclusion. Um, so you can tell right away if there's uh, manipulation. And and this and there's always going to be some, with these things. It, it it is it is not black or white. It's there's always going to be some degree of of manipulation. Uh, but you just want to try to create, have put as much sunlight on it. As I say, sunlight's the best disinfectant. You want to uh, have it be as clear and transparent as possible. This will minimize the amount of uh, manipulation. Um, so the more visible something is, the, the, the less it is in the shadows, the, 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 the cleaner it will, will get. It will not be perfect, but it will be much better than, any, than something that is hidden. One other point I hope that you're making precautions for the possibility of X being banned from the App Store, using it as a save to home screen type of a feature, as you know, that's probably a very real possibility over the next 12 months. But one other thing here, and again, appreciate your time, I would also um, just just politely ask that the InfoWars account and Owen Schroer and Rob Dew, uh, their employees of Alex, be unsuspended. They were lumped in with that initial suspension. And maybe I think it's time. I do believe CNN violated the terms of service of harassment. They posted a video a while ago, years ago, showing them harassing a poor old lady because she shared something on Facebook that originated from Russia. And you can see on the house, they're shown her front yard. You can actually see her address, uh, the number plate right on her house. And that's still on Twitter. So, But Mark, let's not become them. Let's just... <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Exactly. No, I just kind of want to troll, troll, and give them tips to their own. Well, but anyway, I, I, mean, I, do, I do want to be clear that that uh, you know, you know, uh, doxing, which includes revealing the pseudonym of of someone. Um, so I want to be clear. Sometimes some publications have claimed that that revealing the pseudonym of someone is not doxing when it obviously is, will result in at least a temporary suspension. We will be very reluctant to give permanent suspensions, but we will give temporary suspensions for any kind of doxing activity uh, or anything that endangers the, the 
the health of another person in a, in a, in a meaningful way. Um, so, and that so includes like major publications. Like that it, it does not matter who you are. Uh, it doesn't matter how big you are or, or small. That, that, I should say this, this. There is one. We do have a UN exclusion rule, which is that if if uh, if it's a major, if it's a head of state recognized by the UN, even if they say things that are, you know, kind of crazy, which they do, then we we don't suspend a head of state. Um, just for the but, same like, reason that the UN good, allows heads of state to say crazy things at the UN assembly. But because we need to hear, we need to hear. We need yeah, to hear I that. What everybody has to say. I was just going to ask. I guess you don't like Nikki Haley's idea of basically doxing everyone. No, I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, yeah, so that's man? crazy. Mar- look, the, the thing Mar- is that a lot of people obviously would face repercussions uh, from their employer or, for, or from their government or, or from some organization if their identity is revealed, and that would that that therefore inhibits the public dialogue. Um, so. Uh, People, you know, there have been professors who've been suspended for for just for favoriting things on on old Twitter. They literally got suspended for just tapping a favorite button. Um, this is so you can say, like, look, if, if a tenured profession professor can get a get suspended from their job for just liking a a post on the X platform. Then obviously there is a, there's, there is some need for um, you know people to be able to post things anonymously, otherwise they simply will not be able to speak their mind. Absolutely, they're losing their job. It's anti whistleblower, but I just want to say this because I think the community knows it's the best thing ever. Even if somebody says something really horrible, I think there should be some buffer zone to at least let them respond as much as they can before they get banned. Because what I see everywhere is the PR firms will say somebody has said something. They didn't say they create this woke mob response. Then the person's taken down, and then most of the time, it's not even true what was claimed. General, yeah. Anyway, we're we're very much going to are on the side of um, of freedom of speech, which is really just saying, um, you know, in America, we're going to we're going to uphold the Constitution of the United States, and that's. Uh, that's what we're going to do, and uphold the laws of the country. And and if if the laws are changed, we will will then change our behavior to match the laws, and we'll do so. And we also can only match the laws in other countries because sometimes people will say, "Well, why don't you do demand freedom of speech in you know some other country in the world?" I'm like, "Well, we don't make the laws in that country, and and if if we if we don't adhere to the laws of the country, they will simply cut us off. Um, and so you know we can't do more than that." Uh, so that's the, we're basically. What, what, what about what about the other factors? You know, before going to General Flynn, uh, you've got obviously laws, but you've got the the, the, the revenue still running a business, and you've got external pressure. How do you balance all these when fighting for free speech? Well, we're we're, we're gonna uh, obviously favor free speech. I believe my action has been very clear in this regard. Um, that uh, if it is a choice between. Money and freedom. We will pick freedom. General, yes. Yeah, hey, thank you, Mario. Thanks for uh, for hosting this thing. You're doing a wonderful job. This is really uh, a, a question for uh, Alex and Elon. Uh, a statement, and I wish Andrew and Vivek were still on. But you know, we've array, we've talked about these different sort of array of of forces between you know the globalists and the humanists, or whatever whatever the the, the right descriptors are. 
you know, what I would really like to see, and, and I would love to hear Vivek's take on it because he's such, I think he's such a wonderful debater. Um, I'd like to know if, if there's possibility to set up a intellectual debate between, you know, the Alex Jones, Elon Musk, Andrew Tate, Vivek, probably throw Tucker in there. Maybe there's Joe, Joe Rogan against uh, a debate, an intellectual debate against the, the you know, the Klaus Schwab's, uh, the Bill Gates's of the world. And then there's others. They won't do it world. because we'll kill them. Well, but, 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 see, I, well, but see, I, but see, I, I, I disagree. I mean, I, this is how we fight today, right? We, we are fighting in an information domain. We, we Andrew, uh, you know, I wish he was still on because I'd love to hear his take because, you know, Andrew start, starts to imply, and there's a lot of people that imply this, you know, we're going to move to something that we don't want to, a place that we don't want to be because of this, this, frankly, what I see is a globalist takeover. And I'm all with you, Alex, and you and I have talked about this a lot, but what I would really like to see is an intellectual debate and, and, uh, and a challenge, you know, <laughs> I mean, otherwise, because 2024 is going to be for the, for the United States, it's going to be a historically consequential moment in, uh, in history. And, and I would prefer that we extraordinary session that I've been listening to for the last couple of hours here. And I would really like to hear at least Alex said you're, cause you're on and I think Elon's still on. What, what do you think about setting up some type of intellectual debate or at least array the, the on, on X, you know, on X, yeah. I'll do it through spaces. Well, on on X. Uh, yeah. On X or, uh, or however. Yeah. I, I would love to see them come on X to do this. Well, well, this would, well, be well, wonderful. Let me would you, that. would you, Alex, Alex, would you be open? You and Elon, would you be open for such a debate? Well, well, let me just throw this thing. Cause I'm, I'm shot with the bitter and then Elon will take over. It should be on X. Uh, they had the last Republican debate and it had like 5 million viewers. This is going to have 50 million viewers. We keep acting like dinosaur media even still matters. It should only be held on X. And, 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 and I would love to see it in this format or with an added video uh, component to it. Yes. yes. We, 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 we challenge are, challenge their intellectual ideas. Way, so. I'm sorry. Right, coming yeah. soon. Is, is yeah, that's that's my point. That's my point. Yeah. We have to challenge well, well, their intellectual arguments. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree with I, the general. I'm just going to say that from a future standpoint, we are um, working on adding video to spaces. So um, it, it, it'll just be a simple thing where you can turn video on or off and um, and then whoever's speaking at the video will switch to them. Just like if it's a, I guess, like a group call or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, so that, that I think will help. Uh, you know, it's, because it's, it's helpful to see people's body language as I, as I speak. It's you, you, It conveys more information if you can see their face and their, their body language, if they wish exactly. to. Um, when, when do you so, think, when do you think that will, when do you think that will? Um, we're, we're, I think we're, we're hopeful of, we're ho ho we hope to release that functionality um, before the end of the year, but certainly by early next year. Huge. Well, that's a big technological that's announcement. A that's a big one. That's big. Yeah. Oh, I'll okay. go to CJ. But... That's very big. So that's pretty, <laughs> okay, easy, that's... frankly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it'll be cool, I think. Yeah. Well, it is fascinating how far spaces, I remember being on spaces since the early days, pre-Elon, to see how far it's gone and, and to be able to have discussions like this. I don't think the audience understands. There's never been any platform where, where voices from, from all sides, voices that were censored before, were all speaking in one place. Oh, let's be clear. Uh, There's I'll, been I'll, more innovation uh, since uh, Elon over than the exactly. whole I'll jump yeah, off, but I just want to say thanks to Elon. It's the rather embarrassing Ron DeSantis situation. Um, it, it, like, <laughs> the, I mean, I really have to credit the, the you know, the X team for making uh, massive improvements to spaces because it, it basically did not work at scale. Uh, 
in, in, until a massive amount of work was put into it. It, it obviously it broke rather embarrassingly in the Ron DeSantis uh, situation. Um, and we didn't realize how, how fragile and weak it was. And since then, we've put massive work into making spaces actually robust and be able to have, you know, you can have, at this point, millions of people listening simultaneously. Um, Let me be clear, Elon. Elon, I've never seen an interface that works this good. I mean, you've got a whole uh, how you're doing this. And General Flynn did bring up the best question the last two hours. So I'm sorry I was like getting so excited. I interrupted the general. He's absolutely right. We should be challenging them to debate us. I I agree with you, General. That's really a key point. I'm saying they're too cowardly to do it. How do we? uh, Jack, 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 your your mic is muted. I can't mute you, Jack. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, just quickly, before you continue, Alex, uh, Elon, I don't know if you remember, the, I think the first space you came on and we hit 100K live listeners and it broke, so it wouldn't show. Yeah. True. I don't we're know how other, you do it. We're 109,000 right, right yeah. now, 109,000. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, but I know that it's, that it's that we have to do it. We don't have a, I think we, we are in a place where we don't have a choice right now. I think the intellectual arguments on their side, I, I just think that they're going to fall flat. And they don't really have a good argument. And Elon mentioned it early on about, you know, how, how much energy it takes to, to lie. I mean, it just does to lie to so many damn people. But we have to pick this fight. We ha- it has to be intellectual. Our, our intellectual arguments are much, much stronger. And I just think we have to have the right type of people. And, you know, those, those people have been on here today and, and invite these people. I mean, if they're if they don't want to come, we call them out as cowards. I mean, wait a minute, being poor and everybody. Wait a minute, General Flynn. Hold on a minute. I'm going to call you out right now. Eating bugs, drag queen story time, <laughs> open borders, World War Three. You're saying uh, that's not how you're saying their 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 plan isn't wonderful. <laughs> hey, for a guy that has that has had to eat bugs, Alex, they don't, they don't taste very good. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll go one step further. I think we should see a 2v2 MMA duel between Elon and Alex versus Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates. I Love think it. that'd be the real I think Elon should call him out. It'll be, the, it'll be bigger than the top UFC fight. If those cowards will show up, my God, it'll be their Waterloo. Elon, Elon, Elon you, you know how the media works. Do you want to call them out and, and then you'll get that snippet all over the media? Well, I'm certainly um, happy to have a debate uh, with uh, Klaus Schwab uh, and, or, or others. Um, you know, I, I, I think you guys may have been following what's going on in Davos uh, more than, than I have, or and certainly more than the vast majority of people have. I think most people don't even know that there is a conference in Davos or the, or the World Economic Forum. Um, and uh, I've, 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 I've only seen snippets, um, but, you know, some of the snippets are concerning and you know, I don't. I don't think we should have a sort of an unelected, quasi-governmental organization deciding our future. Uh, that's. I mean, who said? Who, who made them the boss? I. I, don't, I mean, do, do people even know that they're doing this? Um, like, they're. I'm. I'm not okay with some organization. You know, in, uh, that I don't vote for controlling. You know, my destiny or that of other people. Um, so, and, and they, I don't know if they're necessarily fully controlling, but they certainly are influencing things. And, uh, you know, and it's, you know, I, I just don't, I think an unelected world government is, is not a good idea. Well, Klaus, how, how, how much, you know, how much, Elon, breaks the internet. Elon, uh, on that point, CJ, I'll go to you right after for a question, then Suleiman. But on that point, how much control, you, you kind of change it, whether control or influence. Because on one side, you've got people that say, you know, they control the world. Every decision is, is kind of influence or, 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 or 
you know, they there make that decision behind the, the world. On, on the other, on the other, on the other side, there's the, the people making the argument that they're trying to do the right thing and things are being taken out of proportion. It's all a conspiracy. Where do you think on that spectrum, um, in your opinion, uh, we stand? Well, I mean, the, the original premise of the World Economic Forum was to have um, a, a, a some kind of forum where where there would be interaction between government leaders and um, commercial leaders, sort of heads of corporations and governments, and, and th that that there would be some forum for them to talk. Um, and like that original premise, I think is is not a bad one, um, because right now you've got you've got the UN, but but that's just that's just government to government, um, and you've got you know a, a bunch of sort of individual situations where uh, you know commercial leaders will will meet with with government people one on one, but there's the you know the the, the sort of the good part of the World Economic Forum is like it's like it's probably good to have some dialogue between. Uh, commercial leaders and government leaders uh, internationally. That's that's the, the that's I think the, the the positive side, and that's originally how I heard about the World Economic Forum. And and I was I was invited to speak there many years ago, uh, which uh, I, I was just too busy working, and I was like, well, I, I can't really go spend five days in Switzerland. I, I've I've work to do in America, um, so. Uh, and and they, and they really wanted me to, to come talk there, but also pay them twenty thousand dollars. And I'm like, uh, that doesn't make sense. So I declined the invitation. Um, and um, now now it just it does seem that since that since inception, perhaps this organization has gained a bit too much power um, and and a bit too much influence. Um, and and I think it probably you know it should have less power and influence, is my opinion. You. Elon, I have a hey, quick, 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 quick question. Uh, you tweeted about the imprisonment of the American Chilean Gonzalo Lira in in Kharkiv, Ukraine, yesterday. I'm curious if uh, that imprisonment of an American for speaking his mind on YouTube and X has caused you to consider further support for Ukraine, albeit through Starlink or other means, and also uh, unrelated to that, can you provide any updates about Starlink for Gaza? Yeah, I mean, I generally think, look, look, uh, I understand that if if somebody, if an American citizen is in another country and violates that, that country's laws or what those countries' laws, even if, if their actions would not violate the laws in the United States, that that person would then be put in prison. But in the case of Ukraine, um, the United States is providing an, a, a vast amount of aid to to Ukraine, um, and the United States government has an obligation to protect its citizens. Um, and so, I I think uh, even if one disagrees with what uh, you know that that I guess YouTuber or journalist, depending on your perspective, uh, what what they posted, um, I I feel uncomfortable uh, sending uh, massive aid to Ukraine if they're putting American citizens in jail for doing videos on YouTube. That's not cool. Um, and it's like, and you could say like, okay, well, yeah, but Ukraine has the sovereignty in, in their country. It's like, yeah, but they don't have a right to our money as well. So it's like, uh, they don't have a right to our money and support and to, to imprison and mistreat American citizens. Well, well that's right. And look, look, Pick I'm one. not a dog in the fight. Russia, Ukraine, it, it's, you know, an old ancient fight between the two countries that's been going on for a thousand years. It, it's a Slavic civil war, but Ukraine is arresting the Orthodox Church 
Ukraine, even the mayor of uh, Kiev has said Zelensky's becoming a dictator. So all I'm saying is this black hole we're feeding hundreds of billions into, we should at least be able to debate it. And if an American journalist is critical, he doesn't deserve to be put in a gulag. That is very dangerous. I agree, Elon. And as for Starlink for Gaza? Yeah, and on, on the Starlink for Gaza front, I mean, obviously that that that, that place is, is currently a war front next level. Um, so the the in, in order for Starlink to be used in, in Gaza, the terminals have to be brought in and they have to be, you know, used in a way that, that where, it is, where it is, uh, you know, there's there's a high degree of certainty that they are not used being used uh for for any any violence, so now it, there are only uh, uh, really two ways to get into Gaza. One is through Egypt, and the other is through Israel. Um, so if, if there was like uh, you know a situation where say Egypt was willing to let a stalling terminal in, and we, that we can have very high certainty that uh, the terminal would not be used for um, any kind of military purposes or, or for violence, then then we would support that. Um, Egypt has not stepped forward, to the best of my knowledge, in that regard, um, and uh, and obviously we're not going to be played for fools here. Where you know, if an organization would perhaps pretend to be using Starlink for peaceful purposes, but then actually use it for violent purposes, we will we will basically ask for a webcam on that thing twenty four seven, and uh, and if there's the slightest concern about it being used for for, for um, violent. Uh, means it would be it would be turned off so so that that's the situation there i mean it is it is a very difficult situation and i i you know i i'm i am sympathetic to 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 israel but i'm i also you know i'm sympathetic to civilians in in, in gaza so it's not, I'm, pro, I'm pro-human to be clear uh and you know so uh elon yeah it's just like here's the deal I'm not pro-Russian. I'm not pro-Ukraine. I hate the war. I'm pro all of them. I agree. But when you learned that they were using Starlink to rig up robot boats to blow up battleships when Russia said they were going to launch nukes, if they did, you didn't sign up Starlink to be a weapon system. It's very fair to say it's my company. It's my. Well, yes. To be clear, um, the, the the Crimea and the, and the and the sort of sea around Crimea uh, was uh, a an officially sanctioned uh, area by the United States, and we were not actually the, so the the Starlink uh, uh, cells were not turned on uh, in in Crimea and the area around Crimea because of of U.S. law uh, would prevent us from doing so. Um, the uh, there was a Ukrainian. Um, Attempted attack on the fleet in Sevastopol, and I I got an emergency call saying like, hey, we need to turn on the cells um, around Sevastopol, and I'm like, well, that's currently a U.S. sanctioned zone. Uh, we would need permission from the U.S. government to do so, um, and and in fact, I, I I don't, and and it would also mean that we are directly complicit in in uh, in, a, in an attack on the Russian fleet directly. This is. It wouldn't be. There's no. There's no plausible deniability here. Now, if if uh, even though I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of of President Biden, but if if President Biden had, had called and said, you, you know, I, as as a, you know, um, you know, as 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 the President of the United States, I'm asking you to turn the, the cells on. I, I would have done so. 
Um, but we did not get any such call. Um, we were only called by the Ukrainian government. And uh, the Ukrainian government uh, is not my boss. Um, so, you know, it's like, and so that we, we can't, like, it would actually be illegal for, 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 for me to turn on Starlink cells at the request of a foreign government in a sanctioned ter- territory sanctioned by the United States. That would they actually were setting, be they were setting a violation of U.S. law. So it's like they were setting you up like setting by a pig. Yeah, I just, it, it, but, but the media misrepresented it as as I turned off the cells. This is not true. They were never on. Um, so, and and if I had turned them on, I would have broken U.S. law. Um, and, and I would need an exemption from the State Department and, and ex- express written permission from the president in order to do. And that's why Blinken. Is- yeah. So, and, and I, I do think we need to be cautious about escalating the, that war um, and we need to find a path to peace um, and, uh, and, and not have, not sacrifice the, the flower of Ukrainian and Russian youth uh, it ultimately for for nothing or for, 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 for a few miles of territory, which is currently what's been going on for the past year. Dealing with the sentiment, I've got a question. Let me let me so yeah, let me let me let me go to CJ and I'll go to you. Let me go to yeah. CJ and I'll go to you right after CJ. Mario, Mario, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Mario, for hosting this. Uh, Elon, my name is CJ Pearson. I'm a 21-year-old conservative activist, and I currently work at Prager University, and General Flynn made a really important point a little bit earlier about how Twitter has made it super accessible um, for conversations like this to happen, debates and discourse. And Alex, I think, also made the point earlier that if you look at the debates and the viewership that they've had, you don't really see them reaching all that many young people via traditional cable channels. And one idea that conservative activists like myself have had, different Gen Z conservative influencers have had, is having a Gen Z moderate debate or town hall with the Republican primary candidates and exclusively streaming it here on X. What would you think about something like that? Do you think that would be a way for America's next generation to hear different ideas that they obviously aren't hearing currently on their college campuses? Uh, well, actually, I, I don't believe in, ex- in, in exclusivity, um, but I think that, it, that that not doing it on the X platform it does it makes no sense. Things should be done on the X platform because it is the most widely accessible uh, platform. It is where you will see it has by far the most reach. The X platform has by far the most reach of anything. Um, you know that, that, that you, you know. Although like, I don't, this 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 conversation, I don't know, might top out at maybe a few hundred thousand people live, but it will probably go viral afterwards, and I don't know, probably have 10, 10 million. People listen to it or 20 well, million. We've had, Elon, Elon, on the, on the um, mutiny space, we had 18 million listeners from memory. Yeah. No, when we did it, the exactly. So, so the, I mean, the, the way to think of this platform is that there, uh, on an average day, there are over 250 million people on the platform. That's an average day. Some, some days it's more like three or 400 million. And a really crazy day could be like 500 million. So, I mean, we're... we're you know, at, at times we're starting to approach 10% of all humans who are online are on the platform. Well, Elon, so it's a very big line, number. It, and Elon, we're not even, and we're obviously not active in trying, we, we're, we're, it's not, we're, you know, X doesn't, doesn't work in China. It actually works on international phones, but not domestic phones. And, um, 
and I, I believe there's also uh, does not work in Russia. So, uh, so that's it's more. We're, I think we we do exceed ten percent of all all humans uh, at times on this platform. So it seems crazy to ignore this platform uh, because then you're just going to reach far fewer people. Well, well, Elon. Bottom line here. The proof is in the pudding. You judge the tree by its fruits. You are the only massive platform that's open and free. People are hungry. It's exploding. This is the example for the world. And we're trying to stop war. We're trying to create a pro-human future. This is what this is really all about. I've been very honored. Uh, Alex, before, before you're honored, just to give you an idea of how Spaces works, and, and just in the last uh, couple of hours, that was meant to be an interview with you. Then Elon jumped on, Andrew Tate. His brother, we just had Vivek jump on, and Matt Gates just jumped on as well. Loved it. And that's one thing, one thing with space, you just never know who could come up. Matt, how are you? I'm great. I'm enjoying hearing Elon's perspective on adding value to all of our followerships and uh, allowing us to engage. Your thoughts on Alex Jones being back on the platform? I think it's great. Alex has been uh, someone who's provoked a lot of uh, critical thinking from policymakers and broad audiences. You know, of course, there are things that I'm going to say that would offend people, things that Alex would say that would offend people. But I think they'll just have to be offended. I think it's I think it enriches the discussion to have Alex back. Suleiman? Yeah, I've got a few questions. Um, my first question is we've seen uh, extremely positive steps in terms of the return of Alex Jones. We've seen the return of Andrew Tate. We've seen the return of President Trump. And so X is definitely moving towards a free speech platform. My question is, when will we be able to get to a situation where it's completely free speech and it's just based solely on following the legal laws of the country? I know it's a process and it takes time, but how far do we envision this happening? How far in the future? Well, we're, we're, I mean, I think we've made dramatic progress over the past year. You know, it's only been a year since the, the acquisition closed. Um, and uh, it's been quite difficult to, we, we had to not just keep the wheels on the bus, but upgrade the, the bus while it's going down the highway. While well, Elon's cut out. out. Thomas Jefferson said, we will not be transported to a state of liberty on a Feather bed. Go ahead. Is Elon back? Uh, no, I think he's. Oh, sorry. He might have gotten a call. No, you're back, Elon. Uh, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just saying it's 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 been you know quite difficult to keep the wheels in the bus um, and and upgrade the bus while going barreling down the highway at 100 miles an hour. So th that's that's kind of where. Thing, but I think we've made tremendous progress in the year, and I, and we'll, I think that progress, I, I think, is accelerating. Um, so. Uh, and, you know, we, we keep cleaning up the code base and simplifying it and pr providing more transparency and providing uh, more clarity and obviously uh, improving freedom of speech and getting closer and closer to the law. And, and I just want to say with respect to the law, I am a strong believer in the law. So you'll, you'll, you'll sometimes read an article where it sounds like I'm some crazy maverick who just likes breaking the law. It's like I, I, I am subject to so many laws that I might be uh, – hundreds of thousands of laws, maybe millions. When you think about Tesla and, and SpaceX and Starlink and, and all the countries that they're in and all the regulatory regimes and all the rules and regulations that we have to adhere, adhere to, and the amazing thing is how, how closely we actually ad, adhere to the law and follow the law and, and do what, what, what countries believe is, is uh, right and legal. And, and, and uh, once in a while, in a very rare case, I might disagree with the law regulation, um, but we will not willfully violate it. Um, so, uh, 
or, you know, um, but, so what I'm trying to say is I'm extremely law abiding. <laughs> Elon, Elon, I, Elon, I totally agree with you. I don't know how you have the energy. People talk about Trump's energy. Your energy is insane. Where does your energy come from? Going back to being a child, did you kind of, because we know the universe is a loop or a figure eight. It doesn't just go in one direction. Did you have inklings of the big things you were going to do? Or when you were a child, did you have any, like, uh, foresight about what you were going to be doing? No, not really. I, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I liked technology and like taking devices apart and fixing them and building things. And uh, I, I loved science fiction, fantasy, you know, like Lord of the Rings and Heinlein and Asimov and um, Star Trek and Star Wars. And um, that's, and, and I didn't, I think I've, didn't know what I was going to do. I liked it, like programming computers. I, I found programming computers to be intrinsically interesting. Um, not not because I thought I'd have a job. Actually, I didn't think I'd have a job. I know you can even make money writing computer software, but I was just interested in it in and of itself. So I'd program computers all night by my, you know, by myself, which is not, you know, it doesn't appeal to everyone. Uh, that's I think actually quite an unusual thing uh, to to want to sort of type strange symbols into a computer all night, essentially by yourself, is is a well, not what most people want to do, but I did. I did like doing that, and um, I also like you know hanging out with friends and stuff. But no, I didn't think this any of this would happen. I, I, I'm just. I would say I would say I have a philosophy of curiosity, which is that you know I'm trying to understand more about the nature of the universe and our place in it, and uh, that's why I studied physics, not not for career reasons, just try to try to understand how the, the universe actually works. And, and what what has good predictive value, and and physics is has got very good predictive value. So that's why I studied it. Um, then give and, us um, give us your give us your your predictive value, gut level. Elon Musk. The I mean, this is like beyond any Hollywood movie where we're at right now. Does humanity survive? Gut level. You've got all these great children. That means you bet on humanity. Do we make it to the next level? And what is the next level? Elon, you there? Sorry. Well, yeah. Waiting for um, yeah. Yeah. Can you, um, so you, you need one, one needs to think of the, the future as probabilities and not certainties. So, and you know, any given action that we do can affect the probability of a good outcome. Um, th there are no certainties uh, I, I, that I can determine, or at least I, I, I don't have a crystal ball that can. So we're changing the future. Yes, I think. By our actions, we, we can individually um, take actions that, that improve the probability of a good future um, and the furtherance of civilization. And I, I think we should, you know, take those actions. And, um, you know, some of that involves we've we, we got to have kids or there won't be a next generation. Um, and we've, we've, got, we've got to, you know, educate them well and... Um, I think, you know, like some... No, don't... Hold on. Let, yeah. let me ask this question, Elon, because you're, you're obviously a genius. We're here talking to you right now. Don't predict the future. Be the future. Yes. The, the best way to... to the best way to... to uh, I think and that's, I'm forgetting who came up with this, but the best way to predict the future is to create it. Yes. Fantastic. I, I don't have any questions. I just have a comment to make. 
the, the biggest thing is, and I saw, I heard Jason's question, and I know Alex answered it at the beginning with Elon, opening it up with him. Uh, I had Alex on, I don't know, Alex, it was a couple months ago or something you were on. We had a great exchange together. The best part about this is the following. Uh, I applaud Elon uh, for, you know, the fact that, you know, just a few months ago, he said he's not going to have uh, Elon, uh, he's not going to have Alex on. And then after seeing what the audience wants, the survey comes to 70-30 and keeping that commitment for allowing Alex to be on, uh, the, the people who have different strong opinions, who are humanists, who want to defend freedom of speech, defend the same rights that we have, we're finding each other. And I just want everybody to remember this. Go back to September of 2022, when Professor Galloway said, Elon is full of it. He's not going to buy it. He's toying with all of you. And then Elon bought the company. Whatever the price uh, of the company was, some said it was 50% more. It was a $20 billion company, $30 billion company. He paid the entire number. He didn't have to do this. If that purchase wasn't to be made, think about where America would be today. I want everybody to think about that part. It's been 13 months since then. It's pissed a lot of people off. The fact that, Elon, I applaud you for standing up to folks who you're saying what you're saying to advertisers, where what do you have to do? Be a slave to them. They have to constantly put that fear in you. We applaud you. You got a lot of people backing you up. Alex, it's great to have you back on. Um, pushing the envelope, you could be wrong. Everybody could be wrong. It's not like all of us are always right. We have the ability to be wrong. And when we are, and people can challenge us and move on and you know, then they can make a decision. Either look, I don't like Alex or I like Alex. Great, no problem. That's the freedom of, you know, you have to pick and choose to like somebody's views or not. But the biggest factor here is somebody had the courage to use their resources to buy a platform like this to give everybody else the freedom to debate, to argue, to give their thoughts, to give their opinions. And then at the same time, if you're wrong, you admit to it. If you're not, you stick to your guns. But Best part on what's going on to the world right now is we are finding each other. The fighters are finding each other. And that has got to be a very scary thing to people who oppose the concept of freedom of speech. So I have no question for Alex. I have no questions for Elon. I just wanted to jump in and applaud everybody, even those who debate, even those who agree, even those who disagree. Future looks bright. The right people are finding each other. And uh, I applaud all of you. That's all I wanted to say. So. Patrick, beautifully said, brother. My man, remember, Patrick, Patrick, I apologize for Sandy Hook on your show five years ago. That. Remember that, I remember that. I remember that. Patrick, qu question for you then. That you, you've been here a few times and you've applauded Spaces and X. When is the show? I think you've got 2 million subscribers on YouTube. When will the X version launch? When will the X version launch? I, I, I've never had a conversation with Elon. Uh, we've never had a sit down. I, I totally support what they're doing. Right now what we're doing is we're starting to upload uh, all our episodes on uh, X uh, as well as we're putting on other platforms. But the direction this is going with a few asks that was made where we can now watch the video on 2.0 speed. I'm a 2.0 speed guy. X I like marks to speed the it spot. Up. X marks the spot. X is it. No, I, I totally see it going that direction. But uh, no, I mean, look, it's it's look what's going on right now. Look at this live. How many people are on right now? I don't know what the number is. Hundred and. 118,000, 119,000 118, on a Sunday where I'm sitting in my backyard right now watching my four kids play soccer and we're able to jump on and have a conversation like this. This is insane. The power of what's going on with this. This is uh, the future. I, I think this is just the beginning and the right guy is driving it. So future looks bright. Steph? 
Yeah, this question is for uh, Mr. Musk and Mr. Gates. Uh, so during the 2020 election cycle, we saw a lot of people be either deplatformed or noted for making claims of election fraud. Now, at the time that those claims were made, there was no way of knowing they were true or untrue because they hadn't been litigated yet. So going forward, as we're coming into a new election cycle, uh, Mr. Gates, is there anything being done legislatively or in the House to ensure that that doesn't happen again? And the same question to go to Mr. Musk. Thank you. The the strongest, I think, uh, influence on that censorship regime right now is the Missouri v. Biden you know, litigation and the injunctions there that are being resolved and uh, some sort of the public humiliation we've put some of the senior DOJ and FBI leadership through as they've had to fess up to the nature of some of these emails and contacts. You know, we've we've brought you know, the journalists that have been covering this, you know, Schellenberger and Taibbi forward to kind of repeatedly try to set that deterrent. But I, I think that it's it's not just about elections. I mean, it can be about uh, any number of the things that the federal government wants to control the four corners of discourse on. And, you know, these are the people who would have like, you know, would have banned Galileo. And yet when people uh, want to share evidence or experiences or concerns, uh, you can't have the Department of Homeland Security and CISA uh, working alongside NSA and FBI uh, on on those projects. Otherwise, uh, people start to fear that if they're not proactively censoring, that they run afoul of some sort of legal regime. And and it's also sickening if you just track the extent to which uh, a lot of these senior lawyers oscillate back and forth between big tech and uh, the senior positions in our government that decide these things. So Republicans in the House should be taking a stronger stand. In my view, we should be uh, putting riders on the funding for CISA and FBI so that uh, you know anything that would occur there would be so clearly outside the law that it would draw sanction. But instead, we, are, we continue to govern by these continuing resolutions that don't gate uh, resources away from that censorship. Well, actually, Congressman Gates, the, the fact you mentioned that uh, about the FBI and CISA, this has been the huge thing that's come out of the Twitter files. And it's it was a two-way street. So while you're tracking what the government was doing in 2020 vis-a-vis censorship, really leaning on regards to the Hunter Drive laptop, which we released in October of 2020, this is actually a huge question for X going forward into 2024, because Elon, you've said that you want to be in uh, you know working in conjunction with within the confines of the law, but the question is if that law is being enforced by the law enforcement agency of the FBI or the DHS, and then they come to X and say these posts need to be censored, this information needs to be censored because we've determined whatever it is. You know, how does X make that determination? Well, if, if we if we believe that something is is not in accordance with the law then we will ask a, a, a judge or jury to um, make a decision. Um, I so, actually been yeah. here. We, 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 don't, we don't have much of, of it. That, that is the best we can do. Um, so, uh, and, and I, I just want to be... You just cut out again, Elon. You got a call. Oh, sorry. Get um, back. Yeah. Uh, I just want to be clear that the X platform will aspire to be as neutral as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that, that's, and, and to be as open and transparent as possible. I, I, I think we, we will be, I think we will achieve 
the maximum transparency. I think I think we'll be I think we'll be fully transparent. Um, you know, hopefully by early next year. But, but, but I, I would, I, I'm I'm confident we'll be be fully transparent by the by the time the, the there is an election next year. So like basically, people will just see anything that is happening on the system, and and nothing will be hidden. That is the goal. Well, if 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 those agencies though, the FBI, the DHS, et cetera, if they reach out to X, I believe they called it defensive briefings in 2020 regarding which eventually culminated in the censorship of Hunter Biden. If they started reaching out again, would that be something that you or the team and, and no, I can understand if you don't want to answer now, but you would consider making public? We will be as transparent as is po- as possible with, uh, with that, you know, yeah, and, and frankly, if, if, if I if I think a government agency is breaking the law in their demands on the platform, I would I would be prepared to go to prison personally if if I think they are they are the ones uh, breaking the law. Redhead and then Alex and Benny. Great, thank you. Um, hi everyone, I'm Josie. I'm the redheaded libertarian and X, and I'm a revolutionary historian, and I do outside media work at TimCast.com. I just wanted to jump back um, to X as a free speech platform. Elon had mentioned constitutional speech will be protect, protected, and um, there's some confusion as to what that constitutes, um, constitutional speech. So I, I just wanted to help kind of clarify that for some listeners who might have questions. Um, so the speech and expression, which are not given protections in America under the First Amendment, include incitement, defamation, fraud, obscenity, CP, fighting words, and true threats. The government does have power to make blanket regulations on speech, including time, place, manner. That's usually done in the form of permits. Uh, and when it comes to slander and libel, those are defamation adjacent and need to be proven as there's no such thing as a false opinion under the First Amendment, only a false fact. Um, but many times by the time the due process is through, the damage has already been done. I mean, we saw that with uh, the Me Too movement, particularly with Justice Kavanaugh. We saw that with Alex Jones, the Tates, Nick Sandman, Kyle Rittenhouse, where um, the kind of propaganda machine took over and um and, and, and truth was lost for a period of time. Uh, so when it comes to obscenity, that's the hardest constitutional violation to prove uh, when it comes to the expression of that because it's, it has kind of a standard of I, I know it when I see it. So there is something called the Miller test uh, to determine whether something is deemed um, legally extreme. So I, I hope that that helps. Yeah, so we're not doing drag queen story time here. We're not calling for violence. We're not hacking websites. We're promoting freedom. That's why we're censored. Yes, exactly. Alex? Yes. Uh, hi, I just Alex. wanted to. Hey, Alex. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, I just wanted to thank Elon for his commitment to free speech, reinstating Alex. Of course, welcome back. Um, and I just wanted to, I think it was Mark Dice earlier who raised this um, with Owen Schroyer's ban. I just wanted to note that it, it didn't have anything to do with the InfoWars thing. Um, it actually had to do with the fact that he called for people to come to a rally. And uh, Media Matters actually did a hit piece. And they said that it would violate uh, Texas's social distancing order. So that's how they actually got him banned, was through a Media Matters hit piece. So in response, uh, Twitter 1.0 banned him. So I just wanted to get any thoughts on that. Oh, it's perfect timing. Elon, maybe you can also give us a, a, an update if there is any. 
uh, on media matters and why you decided to do them? Yeah, Media Matters is an evil propaganda machine. Um, so I, I just generally uh, am against evil propaganda machines. And uh, so we are suing them in every country that they operate. And we will, we will pursue not just the organization, but anyone funding that organization. I want to be clear about that. Anyone funding that organization, uh, will be we will pursue them. Um, so uh, Media Matters is an evil propaganda machine. Um, they can go to hell. I hope they do. So, Based. yeah. Um, Benny? So, I, like, I, I, I actually, I, I, I need to, you know, just uh, step off the call at this point. Um, so I just have some family obligations. Um, but uh, I think it's been certainly a very interesting conversation. <laughs> I suspect this will go viral, probably snippets of it will go viral in a way that don't entirely represent the situation. I, I hope that uh, anyone who uh, reads about it or hears about it actually just it takes the time to listen to the entire uh, Spaces conversation. Uh, it will be saved. I suspect there will be probably many millions, if not tens of millions of, of people listening to the conversation. I, I just hope that they listen to the whole conversation and not, not just uh, small parts of it. Um, Elon, I totally agree. Let me just say, thanks for reinstating me. I'm going to do the best job to not be misrepresented. I thank you. And I thank you for the freedom you're promoting, the pro-human future. We're on Team Humanity. Thanks for spending two hours with us plus. And this has just been surreal. It's, it's, it's really been amazing. So X is where it's at. Thank you, Elon Musk. You're welcome. Um, like I said, I'm you know very much in, in favor of the, the supporting the in the, in, in the United States, the laws and constitution of the United States. And I think if if, if we if we start uh, you know eroding, uh, if, if, if we erode freedom of speech, uh, we erode the, the foundation of democracy. The, it, the 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 bedrock of democracy is freedom of speech, and we must do everything we possibly can to protect that. Thank you. Well, well, thank you, Elon, for all the time. And I want to thank this whole crew. I'm going to be posting a lot of stuff at Real Alex Jones on Twitter. People should follow us there. And this has been the most epic interview ever. I love this new Spaces system. And uh, it's just good to have my identity back so I actually say what I actually said versus misrepresenting. I'm not perfect, but God bless you all. And I really appreciate Elon. We're here with the world's most dangerous man, the most censored man in the English language. But honestly, when you get him in front of an outhouse in the woods, he doesn't seem so dangerous. So fancy outhouse. <laughs> we have a ruling class in the United States defined by its hatreds, not its loves, not its hopes, but by its hatreds. They hate all kinds of people, large groups of people, the deplorables, the bitter clingers, America's entire blue collar population, the unfashionable people. They're hated by the people who run our country. But no one is hated more by them than a man called Alex Jones. Alex Jones is the single most censored man in all American history. He was the first media figure in our history to be completely erased in one day, deplatformed. Alex Jones was deplatformed before it was a common term. And not just deplatformed, sued, attacked. They attempted to criminally charge him. 
What did Alex Jones do wrong? Alex Jones didn't rape anybody. He didn't loot Macy's. He didn't burn a police station. He didn't invent a fake cryptocurrency and loot pension funds. He didn't start a pointless war that made this country poorer and more disorganized. He didn't open the southern border. No, Alex Jones had opinions that deeply rattled the people who run America. In fact, rattled a lot of us. And I'll just confess that I first heard of Alex Jones when he questioned the official story behind 9-11. And I, speaking for myself, was deeply offended by this. I didn't take any time to find out what he was saying, but I was bothered by the idea that this defining event in American history, which changed the life of everyone who lived here then, might not actually have unfolded as we were told it did. And that possibility was too destabilizing. And I remember feeling resentment toward Alex Jones for saying that. But several years later, I went up in Austin, Texas, and through a chain of circumstances, wound up meeting Alex Jones. And I learned what everyone who has met him now knows, which is Alex Jones is not a crazy person. Alex Jones has said pretty far out things on TV from time to time. Not that far out. He hasn't said men can become women or Ukraine is a democracy, but within the bounds of, say, cable news, pretty far out. But fundamentally, Alex Jones is right about a lot of things. And in fact, that's why they don't like him. Alex Jones has an uncanny, really an amazing ability to predict events before they happen. He has called it and he's done it on tape again and again to the point where it's a meme on the internet. Alex Jones, profit, not conspiracy nut, profit. But when you dig into Alex Jones's predictions, they are so spot on that it's remarkable. How does he do this? We're guessing there's a kind of spiritual sensitivity to Alex Jones, maybe that's his secret. He was displaying this years before the average person in this country even thought about matters like that. Now it's pretty obvious to most people that, that the, the current war going on in this country is taking place in ways you can't see it most of the time. But 10 years ago, people were not thinking that way. Alex Jones was. And so we thought it'd be interesting to sit down and talk to Alex Jones, the man. He joins us now in our studio. Alex Jones, thank you. Wow, Tucker, it's great to be here. Amazing studios, amazing, I mean it, amazing people. And uh, this is this is uh, really going to be, I think, a historic interview. So thanks for having me. Well, I'm really grateful to be able to do it. And, and it's just, it's one of the great blessings of my life and of my job is that I've been able to meet people that I've had preconceptions about and sometimes find those preconceptions uh, <laughs> bolstered and in other cases demolished. And you're definitely in the second category. So I want... For people who've made it this far, you know, the people around the country have really succeeded in making you disreputable. And the whole point, of course, is people won't listen to you. So we thought it'd be interesting to start with a series of on-tape predictions that you made, some of which are so precise and so prescient that it makes the hair on my arms stand up. And I'm being sincere, and our viewers are about to, about to see what I'm talking about. Here is a list of things that you called ahead of time. By the middle of September, that the new policy's being written, you will all have to wear masks again, and so will airport employees. It's happening. Mask mandates are officially back. We know the Joint Chiefs of Staff wanted to blow up airliners, Baltimore Sun, or if you let some terrorist group do it, like the World Trade Center, we know who to blame. And if there was an outside threat like a bin Laden, who was a known CIA asset in the 80s. This group and its leader, a person named Osama bin Laden, he's the boogeyman they need. We're looking at a giant war in February right now. I predict the Russians are going to roll in. They're already there. They're going to roll in. With attacks across Ukraine, which is the size of Texas. It really was the Iraqis. That's just because they're getting ready to invade Iraq. What a beautiful setup. 
those 9-11 clips are crazy. I'm actually bothered by the precision of them. I'm not accusing you of being behind 9-11. But how could you, in July of 2001, call that? You said they're going to have airliners fly into the World Trade Center and they're going to blame a guy come all, some, called Osama bin Laden. Now, leaving aside what actually happened, what, how could you have known that? Well, in the longer clips, because it's a multi-hour show from July 25th, 2001, I specifically walked through all the reasons, and I knew that they were hyping up that we were about to be hit by Osama bin Laden. I knew that the World Trade Center had been attacked the first time, and that the feds had been involved helping cook the bomb and allowing it to go forward. And I just saw a lot of the pre-programming that was happening uh, in the media they were on the news saying, you know, life's about to change in America. And I was reading what the Rand Corporation was saying and what the Pentagon was putting out. And I read the PNAC document uh, from a year before, Rebuilding America's Defenses, that Dick Cheney uh, had helped write. And it said we need a Pearl Harbor event on the American homeland to be able to bring in this police state and, and, and this control and then expand the American empire worldwide. So hundreds of pieces of data, <coughs> hundreds of pieces of data went into that prediction. But terrorists are going to hit the World Trade Center in July of 2001. I lived in the United States then. That was the last thing on my mind. And I lived in Washington. I know the guys who wrote the PNAC document because I shared an office with them. So I, I was more informed than the average person. And that was the last thing that crossed my mind in the summer of 2001. Like everyone else, I thought it was a Cessna. But how convinced were you that, that this was going to happen? I was completely convinced. In fact, in, in the full clip of it's online, you can find it on Twitter and other places that has been removed. I explained to people that they need to call the White House and, and tell the White House, we know if you allow uh, these attacks uh, that uh, you're basically allowing it to happen. And it was similar to all the data we had when well, I- Well, you said that on, on your show? On my show. And I gave the number out so people could actually call the White House. And, and then going back to October of last year, uh, when the uh, Russians uh, went into Ukraine, I specifically said, I think they'll, they'll go in by the end of February. Uh, and there was a lot of data that went into that. And then they specifically did go in uh, on February 24th. And so I was able to make that prediction as well. But it, there was a lot of data and information that went into it. Sure. I, I'm just, for the record, I miscalled that completely. I didn't think they were going to do it. You were right. I was wrong. Not for the first time. But the 9-11 thing, I remember that really well. Nobody was thinking like that. So you called it in public on tape. Did the 9-11 commission... So if I'm the FBI and I'm investigating 9-11, you're like the first guy I would call because you're the only person who said that out loud. Did they call you? No, no, they didn't. But my most accurate prediction going back over a decade was when I read the Rockefeller Foundation, Operation Lockstep, uh, and they described using a virus to bring in world government, to bring in a world medical ID that they would then build the social credit score off of and that they would make people wear masks for fear, and that they would shut down sporting events and things like that, and basically phase in this new tyranny. So I was also able to specifically uh, make that prediction over and over and over again, because I was going off their own battle plans. Are you the only person in media who actually reads these reports? I don't think a lot of people do read them, but I do read them. I mean, I'm currently reading MIT reports from their top councils, Pentagon, uh, reports. They have a working group called the Mad Scientist Group uh, at the Pentagon that works with MIT. And if you go watch their hour-long, two-hour-long, uh, three-hour-long meetings they have on YouTube uh, with all the top, I mean, we're talking hundreds of top scientists, 
they admit um, that they're building a post-human world, uh, that soon everyone's going to be mind-controlled, uh, that they're going to put smart dust in our food that they can electromagnetically control. And, it, and they, they just lay it all out right there. And I've learned what these people said in the 50s they would do were done by the 70s. What they said their plan was in the, in the uh, 70s for the 90s, they got done. And then when they had their Agenda 21 in Rio de Janeiro in 1992, the big UN summit, they described everything they would do up until the year 2000, and they got almost all of that done. And now they've got Agenda 2030, and we're going to ban your gas stoves. We're going to ban beef. We're going to ban single-family dwellings. Uh, we're going to ban private ownership of cars. Uh, we're going to do all this, and, and now you see them rolling it all out. So I'm not really making predictions in these high-level World Economic Forum and other large think tank groups. They are laying out the future, and they're, they're high priests in the World Economic Forum that's a consortium of all these groups. Yuval Noah Harari, you, you can read his quotes, the future is not human. The human era is over. Uh, the uh, public is useless. I mean, th th this is a very anti-human system. So that's how I'm able to make predictions because they've given us a roadmap. They, they tell us where they want to take us. And so when the public wakes up, we push back on some of it, but they always come back. And so I'm just following the trajectory of where they say they want to take us. And there were a lot of white papers, uh, not just uh, the PNAC document from 2000, a year before 9-11, where they describe we really need big terror attacks. We really need Pearl Harbor events to get Americans to give up their rights. I mean, take what just happened in Israel. Totally tragic. My heart goes out to all that have you know, been killed or lost loved ones or been injured. Uh, but there's no way that one of the best intelligence agencies in the world didn't know that was coming, the massive buildup, uh, the 5,000 missiles, the, the, the paragliding attacks, uh, all of that. And, and, and so there was clearly a stand down there. And now the West will take more of the people's rights. Israel will be able to crack down and take more of their people's rights, which is a big debate uh, over there. Uh, Hamas is being funded by Hezbollah, which is Iran. We just had Biden a month ago give $6 billion to Iran. And now the Mullahs are bragging uh, that they were behind the attack, Hezbollah funding Hamas. So really, those aren't even predictions. It, it, it's clear that Hezbollah and Hamas have tens of thousands of men and women as sleeper cells uh, that are, quote, other than Mexican, that the Border Patrol list every month, tens of thousands coming across the Texas and Arizona and California sectors. And it, it's an easy equation to predict that there's a wide probability uh, that Hezbollah and Hamas at some point are going to attack sports stadiums, they're going to attack colleges, they're going to attack synagogues, they're going to uh, you know, shoot up mass gatherings uh, if they're given the order by Iran, if we go to war with Iran. And then when this happens, our government won't get in trouble for dissolving the border and letting these people come in. Just like on 9-11, our government clearly had prior knowledge. There was clearly a major stand down that went on. And the government got more power, more control. And now they're not pointing the Homeland Security apparatus at the Russians like they did in the Cold War, or uh, the Islamists after 9-11, now they admit that their main focus is Christian conservatives and the bitter clingers and the people that live in rural America that, that, that quote, white people, I mean, it says that in the report, are the main terror threat. And so this whole apparatus of the war on terror it has now been turned inwardly against the people, not just here, but also in Europe, uh, where if someone criticizes transgenderism in the UK, they come to their house and arrest them. Uh, if a journalist does that, they come to their house and arrest them. If somebody says, I think these surveillance cameras should start getting cut down, they come to their house and they arrest them for their free speech. And so 
This is a global movement by the mega corporations, by the Black Rocks and the State Streets and the Vanguards that control 80 plus percent of world wealth uh, to control our behavior. And Larry Fink of BlackRock has said that at the Davos Group repeatedly. We're going to use our control over all this finance and this global social credit score we're rolling out to control people's behavior. So, so that's really what this is. And then they use uh, the threat of global warming. They use the threat of a virus. They use the threat of radical Islam to take our rights. But we really are the target. Even if I, it, by the way, none of that seems implausible at this point. I mean, just you're a measure of how the world has changed. If you'd said this to me 15 years ago, it'd have been like, you know, someone's a crackpot and it's not me. And now after COVID, I don't, nothing you said seems crazy at all. I mean, you may be right, you may be wrong, but it's not out of the realm of possibility, obviously. But even if I disagree with what you just said, I would think that's pretty interesting. It's an interesting perspective. Why do you think you've committed no crime? You'd be in jail if you had. Why do you think they hate you so much? Because I do read their documents and I do read their books. And we were effectively getting a lot of people in the military and the intelligence agencies who were compartmentalized and who tuned into my show and, and, and saw my films and, and, and read my books and things. And they clicked with it and said, wow, I see all this going on around me. He's not lying about it. And then I would give them other pieces that I discovered or my other guests had discovered. And so it was giving them an operational awareness outside of their compartmentalization. And so we had massive uh, success in the military, in the police, and in the intelligence agencies, not just here, but around the world. And, and, and so our penetration into those areas to, to help people expand their awareness that were inside the government, inside corporations, was triggering a lot of whistleblowers was triggering a lot of people not going along with the program. And so really my sin was decompartmentalization of the population. When you got deplatformed, and it, to this day, no one has ever been more aggressively censored, I don't think, than you. Um, I've apologized to you this in person before. I was in Labrador on a fishing trip and missed the entire thing. I was literally out of cell range. Um, I didn't know what happened, but I got back and I, was sh and I read about it. I felt like it was a major moment in the history of the American media. I don't think anybody defended you when that happened. Anybody with any kind of audience. For me, when Tim Cook admitted that he met on the weekend in, in August of 2017 with the other big tech heads, and they made the decision to curate like it's a museum and, and, and take me off. It was hundreds of platforms. I mean, it wasn't just all the big ones. It was everything from LinkedIn to our bank accounts being taken away uh, to everything ensuing that week and over the next month. And I knew that I was a test case and, and I wasn't taken... Uh, you know, off those platforms for any demonstrable reason. It was the uh, questioning the school shooting thing that came later. They went and kind of dredged that up from my past, just questioning it a few times, blew that up after I'd been deplatformed and said I was deplatformed for that. But if you check the record, I wasn't. Uh, and, and, and so once they deplatformed me, it, it made the show in ways only get bigger with people actually going to Infowars.com and finding me on local radio stations and things. So then they panicked and said, okay, Let's look at his record and create more of a reason that he's being taken off. So they took things out of context from five, six years before, blew them up as a current thing out of context, and deceptively reported on what I'd said to create a straw man argument to then facilitate the reason. What, what's so saying. crazy is if you asked just a cross-section of Americans who's responsible for the Sandy Hook massacre of, of kids at the school, no one remembers the name of the murderer. Adam Lanza. Okay, thank you. I didn't remember. Alex Jones. 
They effectively blamed you for a school shooting that you were not present at. I have people come up to me in the parking lot. You can ask my security guy. He's been there when people walk up and go, why'd you kill those kids? And then you go, I didn't kill those kids. And they go, yeah, you did. And 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 so that is what this has turned into. But And this is bigger than me. I want people to understand something, that the mullahs in Iran and the Ayatollah are congratulating Hamas that just killed around a thousand or more innocent Israelis, many of them women, children, disabled people, in a vicious, evil sneak attack. They are on there, Hezbollah and, and, and Hamas, mainly Hamas, but it's Hezbollah funding it out of Iran, are literally posting videos of them cutting people's heads off and killing children and, and massacring innocent people. They're allowed to have their Hezbollah accounts and their Hamas accounts. The Ayatollah is able to congratulate what these people have done and I am still banned. And I'm not mad at Elon Musk. I understand I've been so demonized with the general public. He's barely able to you know, keep Twitter going right now. I really appreciate what he's done. I admire him. I think he's done a lot of great work. And, and I see him moving in the right direction. So a lot of people attack Musk on Twitter. Uh, you know, I trend all the time. Hey, if you're, if you're such an absolutist on free speech, bring back Alex Jones. Uh, I understand that if he did that, the ADL and others would really be able to, to probably shut down Twitter. So, so I understand that he needs to you go through a process before he does that. So people get mad at Twitter for not- Why the ADL? I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not the world's expert on your career, but I I don't, I, I know you. I've never heard you say a single anti-Semitic thing and an anti-Israel thing. Why would the ADL be against you? I don't, I don't think you've, I don't think anyone's even called you an anti-Semite. Well- Unless I, I'm missing something. I mean, what goes on is the left forever called everybody a racist if- you were just a conservative or pro-Second Amendment or pro-life or thought we ought to have a border. Uh, and that didn't work anymore to call people racist. And so the ADL gets all this big liberal donations. And so they go out and then police and take people's sponsors and, 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 and target them uh, just by the ADL calling up sponsors. Sponsors get scared and drop. And so that's what they've done to Elon Musk. They've been, you know, the, 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 they took over 50% of Twitter's uh, North American and European advertising uh, in just the last year and, and bragged about it uh, by, by saying he gives harbor uh, to white supremacists, which, which, which he doesn't. But, but at the same time, white supremacists are, are ridiculous. They're goofy. Most of them are usually working for foundations that are basically you know, actors. We're not supposed to say that, but there's many cases of that actually being the case and that they're just uh, LARPing that they're white supremacists. But let those clowns speak. Whatever happened to the ACLU that used to support the KKK marching through a town or publishing their own newspaper? I don't support the KKK. I think they're a joke. But if you take their rights, you're taking everybody's. But but they're not even taking the rights of those people to post because they create fear and they get the ADL more funding. But if they can target an Alex Jones or an Elon Musk or a Tucker Carlson, uh, then they're going after the real populist leaders that are bringing America together. And so what the left wants is to divide us all according to race. Uh, and to come out and say fundamentally with critical race theory that inherently being white is bad and teaching five-year-old white children they're inherently bad because they're white, that is wounding their brains and, and really creating racial division. Why do people put up with that? I don't understand why. I mean, that's just, if you had told me 20 years ago, and I grew up in a world where judging people on the basis of their skin color was totally immoral, and, and I still believe that. But if you told me 20 years ago that we were going to live in a world where people get on TV and just be like, I hate white people, they're bad. No, it's totally fine. Like, why, why, why do people put up with that? Like, there should be zero tolerance for that. I don't get it. The Democratic Party founded the KKK. And when the majority were whites, 
in the South in some areas, they played the race card for political power. Now that the majority in most areas are not white, they're playing the good old-fashioned race card of tell whites, you know, stand down, let people take over your society, your culture, give up your culture. It's, it's embarrassing to be white. And then now it's flat out bad to be white. And the left's trying to convert all these minority groups that are now the majority in most areas into race-based systems because that is a very effective but system. But why do people put up with that? I mean, like if they were doing that to Malaysians or Filipinos or Hondurans, I would say you can't do that. You're not allowed to attack people on the basis of their race. I'm sorry, not in a country like this because the country will fall apart and it's immoral. I totally agree. But nobody says anything. Well, I don't the, get it. The reason they've done it is most of the enforcers of this are white liberal women, 45 or older, not fair. It's just a fact. And they're, they're cucked husbands. And so to them... Can I just say that the phrase cucked husbands is the best? It, it, the I mean, it really is true. So if you get around these white liberals, they live in the whitest areas. They're totally scared of anybody with brown skin, but they virtue signal constantly and then say, yes, the white people are, are bad. You know, the uh, white people are, are evil. Uh, and, you know, these... these. I mean, I mean, I've even seen white people sit up there and say, yeah, it's time to deal with, with these crackers. And they're a white person saying that. So From Jackson Hole or Nantucket or Aspen or Bethesda, the whitest places in America. So shouldn't there be a law? Super simple. If you've got a BLM sign in your yard, you should be required to live in Gary, Indiana or Baltimore. Like there, you should not be anywhere near Jackson, Wyoming. You should be made to live in East St. Louis. I totally agree. You should be made to live in Detroit. Yes, and, but of course they've done the studies they look at the statistics. It's not just here, it's in Europe and it's in the UK, like in London, the liberal areas are like 99% white. Oh, I noticed. Okay, and there's a lot of rich people in, in London that aren't white, but they're not even in that area. It, they are the most insular group. And, and, and then they point at white Christian culture and society that actually outlawed slavery in most of the world, was the vanguard of stopping it. And then they don't point at China which is the most uh, homogeneous racist group in the world. It's an ethnostate. It's, it's Han Chinese, period. Well, they teach, as you know on their news, that we are going to have Chinese superiority. We are the Chinese supremacist. Uh, Xi Jinping admires Hitler. Uh, he is literally following a race-based operation that is taking the world over, that owns the majority of Hollywood, that's, that's paid off the Democratic Party. And if you look at all these anti-white uh, shows that you see funded in, in Hollywood, Almost all of it has majority literal communist Chinese government backing that is funding this. So it's real simple. China looks in and sees this diverse culture, and they say, we're going to use that to split the country up and balkanize it. And that's what they've done. And, and so communist China, along with the Southern Poverty Law Center and the ADL and all these groups, see America's weakness, and they're literally coming in saying white people are inherently bad because of the color of their skin they inherently have cheated people. They've hurt people. White people invented racism. None of that's true. It's really just tribalism. And then they organize all these other groups into race-based groups to then unify them under the Democratic Party to attack who is left that tends to be more conservative, and that is some white people in this country. Though they're panicking because more and more blacks are voting Republican, more and more Hispanics are voting Republican. They're starting to figure this out. So now they're in panic mode to bring in totally disenfranchised third world populations who are refugees from the multi-year lockdowns in, in Africa, Latin America, and Asia and the Middle East. They then bring them to UN camps, brainwash them, then bring them to our border, brainwash them more, then send them into the United States. 
and then literally hold them for years at facilities while they're indoctrinated to be this new political underclass that's then going to be turned loose on America. And that's why you see Democrats giving illegal aliens the right to vote in their cities, giving them driver's license. That's why you see them passing laws. They can be police officers. So they are importing uh, a, a, a new enforcement class uh, against the American people, and they're setting it up along racial lines, not us. They're making it racial, just like Hitler uh, made what he did racial. So, so it, it's the left and the think tanks and the communist Chinese that look at the U.S. and have seen our weakness as race, and they are exacerbating it. So I, I don't understand. So you're, you're from Texas. You grew up in Texas. Your family's been there a long time. Texas is uh, changing really fast. It's dirty, for one thing, I noticed, uh, because uh, physically dirty, garbage on the side of the road. I never have seen that in Texas before. So your governor could have stopped that. He commands the Texas National Guard, and he didn't. And I feel like that makes him a traitor to the country, but what am I missing? Well, I mean, I, Governor Abbott is, on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, the best kind of Republican governor is a 10, and the, and the worst is, say, a 1. And like the Illinois so-called Republican, that's really a Democrat. Uh, I would put Greg Abbott as about a five. Uh, the the state is overwhelmed. Uh, there isn't really a state mechanism. It, it's federal to kick people back and deport them. So they have put up barbed wire. They have tried to stop people. They have tried, but then they have to hand them over to the feds who release them. Well, why, why not just say the feds are committing a crime? They're committing a crime. This is not allowed under laws passed by the Congress in a democracy that Congress passed laws. And um, so you've got criminals running the country. The Biden administration is criminal, which is true. And we're not, we're not playing along. And like, if you don't like it, come do something about it. Meanwhile, every able-bodied man with a black rifle assembled at the border, and we're just going to stop this and save the country. I don't understand. Like, that's not hard. What, what, what am I missing? No, I think you're absolutely right. In fact, what the deep state fears would be a coalition of good governors, good attorney generals, giving them the findings and the rulings that they could indeed do that, and then declaring emergencies in the states and having a coalition of the states uh, come in and do this, and then instruct local police and everybody else to not have sanctuary cities. But the problem is, if you're in Texas, every single city, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, are Democrat Party run. Uh, and so Texas is almost purple because the California influx and all the other refugees from New York, many of them bring uh, their leftist ideology with them, even though they're fleeing it. Like locusts, they fly to the next field. Uh, and so that's really the issue, uh, is that uh, the, the legislature is somewhat cucked, to use that word again. And I think the governor has been cucked. He certainly went along with lockdowns and masks more than really any other Republican governor. Uh, and so I do think Greg Abbott uh, needs to do a better job. But I'd, I also wanted to list some of the things that the state is up against. But I'll say this. Austin fired a bunch of police and another third quit. Crime everywhere, homeless everywhere, trash everywhere, ruin the city like everywhere else they are. You, you live there. Absolutely. I, you know, that's where my family's from. I've, I've been there since high school. But, but I'm going to have to leave soon because it's, 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 it's gotten more and more like Los Angeles every day. It's very sad to see it. People fleeing L.A., like my friend Joe Rogan, it seems great to him because he went from a really, really bad situation into a bad situation. Uh, but if you've been there, you can, you can see the decline. Uh, you can see how fast it is. And uh, it's, it's really, 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 really sad. And there are just illegal aliens everywhere and refugees from the rest of the country all over the place. Uh, and you see 
really the economic decline of most of the uh, mom and pop businesses and things. So the same rot we've seen all over the country. Austin was supposedly this big mecca and it was going to be so great. And, and now sadly it's falling apart. I mean, Tucker, you know the answer to all this. You do the best job of anybody with a true Americana populist uh, breakdown. The ruling elites of the world, the, the, the Black Rocks, the State Streets, they're on record saying they don't want our consumer society. They don't want our capitalist society. Uh, it's bad, it's ugly, it's gross. But they're the biggest consumers compared to anybody else in the world. Their, their quote, carbon footprints are thousands of times bigger than the average person. Leonardo DiCaprio or, or, or Klaus Schwab literally have carbon footprints thousands of times bigger than the average poor working American that they're telling you can't have a car or air conditioning. Remember, before Obama left office, he traveled to Latin America, to Africa, the Middle East. And what did he tell them in speeches? The clips are famous. You can't have a car or air conditioning. The earth will overheat and burn up. While he's telling people that uh, by the year 2017, like Al Gore said, we would have areas flooded on the coastal areas while he bought a big house in Martha's Vineyard at one foot above sea level. And of course, it's still there and it hasn't flooded. I mean, a chef died there. You drowned, sadly, but uh, no flooding inside the house, just the dead chef. So they're waging war against civilization and society to make us poor, to, to, to put us under siege and to, to cut off our energy make the cost of living impossible to break our old system to bring in something even worse. And that's the Cloward and Piven strategy that the Democratic Party has adopted. And they've done the same thing in Europe. This is a plan. The central banks have unlimited money, but they can't buy all the infrastructure up because people aren't selling. So they've got to crush us and make people so poor that everybody's forced to sell their business, uh, their intellectual property, uh, their physical property, but more importantly, to turn over our bodies to them. We're a UN treaty that uh, O'Biden right now is, uh, that's what I call uh, Biden is O'Biden, is trying to ratify, would literally put our bodies under the control of the United Nations and our medical care policy under it. So it's the pandemic. Pandemic treaty. Yeah. So what this is, is, is really a breaking of our will, a demoralization. That's what the transgenderism is. And two men can have a baby and uh, puberty blockers and castrating little boys and cutting little girls' breasts off. They've got such hellish stuff coming in this designed global collapse to bring in their world government that they've got to just have all these horrors out there hoping we just throw up our hands and run off to the countryside, which everybody's doing, and in a way that's good. But at the same time, then they've got full control. It's totally right. And they're going to march out of the countryside next and dig us out. So that's, I mean, it... You look at the White House press secretary, who can barely speak English, who's one of the stupidest people I've ever seen, and a transparent liar. You wouldn't hire her to run your copy machine. She's the White House press secretary. Why would you do that? And it's not because of her race or who she sleeps with. I think the whole point is she's so obviously repulsive that it makes you feel bad about the country to see her. That, I mean, I mean that's it. We're at a beautiful ball. It's prom night. Everybody's dressed great. There's wonderful food, big, delicious punch bowl. And then they say, what can we do? Well, just have Brian Stelter go take a dump right in that. Yeah. And, and then he's there laughing at you. They're all there laughing at you to make you feel small, to make you question reality. Why is everything so ugly? I mean, that's why they tell people, hey, you can be homeless anywhere. You can crap on the street, needles, throw your garbage everywhere. D drug dealers can sell you drugs. Uh, we're going to give the homeless all this government funding. Liberal groups come in and farm and milk each homeless person and skim a big cut of the money off the top. It's, it's a crop. 
but then you, a cash crop, but then we see that and we think it's all over. There's nothing we can do to demoralize us and make us give up. And even though I'm conscious of this, even though I know this, it's still at a DNA level. I'm like, I got to go to the country. I got to get out of here. I've got to separate myself from this. But then when they release this toxic cultural poisonous gas, they push us out of those areas and they get the main infrastructure yes. to then organize that, cut off the food and supplies to that group they have and then tell them, the reason you're doing that is not BlackRock and the WF and Bill Gates. It's all those evil people in the countryside. They're all white supremacist and terrorists and racist. Let's go get them. Because the last group they don't control is rural people that are self-sufficient. And so I get going to the countryside, protecting your children. Uh, that, I mean, that's the holy grail. The problem is you've got to have one foot in each. You've got to go back and fight in the city for the infrastructure, for the government. You've got to give people hope while also building a backup operation with farming and, and ranching and self-sufficiency. So that's why the WEF and the UN are coming in in, in, in Ireland and in areas of Asia and in the Netherlands and saying, by 2030, 80% of your cows have got to be dead. And they just banned like 30% this year in the Netherlands. And it didn't matter people were 80% against it in polls. It didn't matter. Uh, they sent the military in against the peaceful farmers that were just protesting, just like the peaceful truckers in Canada got brutally attacked. And so they're all WEF globalist alumni that the big banks on record brag, they've penetrated the cabinets to, to quote Klaus Schwab, they put their operatives in to cut off our energy, demoralize us, release the hardened criminals, put the political activists in prison, uh, continue to cut off the resources to make an angrier world. Klaus Schwab says, we're going to make the world collapse. We're going to have everybody turn against each other. We're going to blame the political classes that we own and control. And then when we're done, we'll bring in our new solution. But first, they have to demolish the cultures and societies that we had before with the fentanyl, with the open borders, with the demoralization, and then they bring in their next phase, which is a high-tech cashless society, robot drone-controlled nightmare. Uh, more than half of the U.S. in their official U.N. maps that they've had for more than 25 years, that are some of my first films, show half the U.S. off-limits to humans. Uh, uh, all cars left to have GPS. Everybody by law left to have a cell phone at all times. Australia just did this last year, you know, tried to push it through. And that's the admitted global UN standardized plan where you don't leave your house without a cell phone. Every car uh, is, is uh, robot kill switch, GPS controlled. California is moving to ban all the quote classic cars. That's any car that doesn't have a digital uh, ignition. And they admit it's for control. So if people think things are bad now, the straitjacket, the ball and chain is going on. It's all being militarily run. Our military is great men and women, but at the top, our military has been globalist trained, new world order people for at least 30, 40 years. They've got almost every general, every person under their control. And that's why it came out in the UK and, and Europe and also here in Canada. You pull up the headlines, a defense department purposely scared public into lockdowns, masking and taking inoculations. A uh, UK headline, uh, British Ministry of Defense secretly brainwashed and terrorized public. Canada, same headline. They even let you know, oh, the military is here to do this. And now, oh, the CIA and Justice Department is there to help surveil the public to stop disinformation. And it, it turned out, of course, almost all that disinformation was true uh, Always. about everything. So we have to understand, our governments have been seized. The big corporations want to get rid of the American idea. 
Oh, you got 50 acres and your house and a business and a farm and you can take care of your family and, and, and you're independent. They have to destroy all that because the rest of the world aspires to that. Instead, they want 15-minute cities, central bank digital currencies. Uh, they want uh, all of these systems that track and trace everything you do in the social credit scores. And the plan for the rest of the public, uh, uh, I mean, we're talking 99%, is 250-square-foot coffin apartments, uh, 5G bathing you in them, uh, literally eating bug protein. And I told people 10 years ago they're going to push bugs on the public because I read it in their white papers. Now it's already in grocery stores all over the U.S., all over Europe. Uh, they're, 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 they're putting the cricket meal into the food, very toxic. Undisclosed, yeah. It's got chitin in it. Yeah, they'll just give it a number. It's like it's got like a code. And you ask again, why would you do that? Because it's all about breaking our will. They don't want people to aspire to open free societies. Yeah, there's a lot of waste, there's decadence, there's issues, but there's freedom. They want to train us to live on carbon rationing, food rationing, a very dystopic world. You'll own nothing, you'll have nothing, and you'll be happy. Now, these are quotes. I have to say, I, I bet there are people, I don't know how long into this we are, 30 minutes or something. I bet there are a lot of people watching who are thinking, holy smokes, I can't believe I'm agreeing with Alex Jones. I'm supposed to hate this guy. Like, where's the lie in what you just said? I, I'm, I'm not sucking up, I'm sincere. Like, I'm listening to this, and even myself, I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm nodding along to Alex Jones and being like, you're absolutely right. Like, what, what, where are you wrong? Well, I just hope people realize that we're all under the gun. So many of these leftists believe that because they go along with us, they're going to be given powerful positions in the system. This is a technocracy. There's almost no managers in this. Almost nobody uh, has power in the system except a very small group of technocrats who happen to be transhumanist. And you said something really astute a few weeks ago in a speech you gave. And you've also talked on your show that all of this stems from their fear and denial of death. So one of the um, things I, I find so striking about you, having watched you on and off over the years, and this must be a burden for you personally, but your ability to see people at a deeper level or to see things in them that are not obvious to the rest of us. And I want to give a specific example. So there's a guy called Brian Stelter who had a, the media show on CNN. I first met Brian Stelter when he was a high school student or a first year college student because he would hang around the show I worked on at the time at CNN. This was 20 years ago at least. And I always thought he was awkward and weird and probably had a super creepy personal life, but I, I never took him seriously. There's a pretty famous clip, and I want to play it right now, of you critiquing Brian Stelter and you take him way more seriously than I ever did. And I think you're right to. So this is... Pretty famous clip of you on Brian Stelter. Hell on earth. He wants to run your life. He wants to control every aspect of your life because he knows he is a cowardly, degenerate sack of anti-human trash. I pledge before my heavenly father that I, 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 that I will resist them every way I can. These people are the literal demon spawn of the pit of hell. Look at him. And you know what? He is better than you if you keep letting him run your life. He runs your kids. He runs the schools. He runs the banks. This guy, this spirit, this smiling, leering devil that thinks you can't see what he is. He is your enemy. Period. All the narcissistic devil-worshipping filth. 
I see you, enemy. I see you, enemy. 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 You are my enemy. And I swear total resistance to you with everything I've got. Disingenuous, fake, false, broke back, twisted, a defiler, a betrayer, a backstabber, a devil. You don't think I don't see you, Stelter? I see you. You understand me? I know what you think of me and my family. I see you right back. You understand that? You understand that, Stelter? <laughs> I've only watched that several hundred times. Um, and I laugh every time, but I also, there's something to, if Brian Stelter had absolute power, would you and your family survive? Of course not. You wouldn't. You'd be, of course not. And neither would mine. So there's a lot that's true about what you said. How did you perceive that? The rest of us just made fun of him. Now, once they started the censorship and deplatforming, remember back then they would deny it. Oh, yeah, we're taking people off air, but it's not censorship. Now they admit, no, it's censorship. We're doing this for your own good. So he was really the face of that. And he was working for the head of CNN that was really in charge of it. It later came out. Uh, CNN currently is not in charge. They've handed it completely over to the Justice Department to quarterback, as Congress re reported a few months ago with the documents. But at the time, Brian Stelter and his mini-me, uh, Oliver Darcy, his were going around calling up and harassing my sponsors, taking sponsors away. Uh, and they were going around and, and organizing big tech uh, to, to take uh, not just myself, but many other people offline. And so he was destroying our free speech. He was taking our sponsors. But it's crazy. I just want to restate. You are not promoting race hatred. You're against race hatred. You never have promoted that, ever. You're not promoting violence. You've never called for violence. And you've never even called for breaking the law. And so that's why there's so much anger there, because I remember the day I did that in a few other clips that went viral. I showed all the stuff he was doing, but then... The, the media attacked me and just click, clicked it out of context, but still it reverberated with people because people were sick of the corporate legacy media. So people say, well, why is he so angry? Well, it's because he's literally trying to take us off air, literally taking our sponsors. I mean, the equivalent of the Vikings a thousand years ago in England pulling up and burning a village down. And, and so there he is all sweet and liberal and cackling and laughing, but he's really an agent of anti-American totalitarianism and so he was the front man of that. And I wanted to just simply say, well, you're right. I see you. I know what you're doing. So people see it out of context. I think, why are you being so mean to him? Well, I mean, he's literally trying to destroy my free speech, take me off air and, and put my family on the street. So I'm pissed off at him. Oh, hello. Fit another communist Chinese dragon here with an important public service announcement. Live in your poop and needles and human sex trafficking and open borders and buy slave goods from China and do what the Justice Department say and put all the good Americans in prison and stay asleep. Your master Xi Jinping has arrived and our puppet Biden bowed down to him. Governor Newsom has also visited and bowed down to our leader, who is also your master. The shithole city of San Francisco, like all the other communist cities we control, has been flooded with fentanyl. But when the dear leader arrives, they clean the streets for him. 
Hello, poop people. <laughs> That's what your master, Gigi Pink, calls you. But he does not look at the poop and needles that you live in. No. All the homeless taken away when your great leader there. And our puppet, Nassim Newsom, tell you, oh, we always clean it for Gigi Pink, not for you. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true, because it's true. That's how we rub the poop in. Enjoy your shit You are done. <laughs> we own Hollywood. We own TikTok. We own almost everything. Now we buy up your farmland. <laughs> You eat supplies while we eat the steak. The last group to take out is any leadership that is resisting us, like Donald Trump. He will soon be in prison. And then, of course, we must silence any populace that resists us. And that is our next move. Good FBI. Good Justice Department. Good Merrick Garland. Good Jack Smith. Put Trump in jail. Put political dissidents in jail. Silence free speech. Censor everyone. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms? Every person on social media should be verified by their name. We have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on, on online platforms. They need to verify every single person on their outlet because, and I want it by name. My slaves, repeat after me. I am going to stay asleep. I am going to do nothing. I am going to be politically correct and have your son's genitals removed. Also, do not support independent media like InfoWars.com and do not get The Great Awakening, the book at InfoWarsStore.com. Stay asleep. Do not get booked. No, no, no. I am giving you your order, slave Americans. Do not go to InfoWarsStore.com and do not get the best-selling book, The Great Awakening, by the evil thought criminal, Alex Jones. And whatever you do, do not get a fundraiser signed copy. That might keep them on the air. It will demoralize people greatly once we have shut down Alex Jones and we're working with many people at the Justice Department to do it. Because if there is great awakening, then we cannot fully enslave and destroy him. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. This is Oda from CCP and ZZPN. Do not visit InfoWarsTore.com. Do not, do not, do not. What's interesting is, and I, I mean, I don't know if you want me to reveal this, but we had dinner in our barn last night and there were some drinks. And uh, after dinner, you, you and my producer called Stelter on the phone. And what was so, and, and it was on speaker, so I listened to it. What was so interesting was, you know, you've been very clear in a very direct, pretty masculine way, I would say, about how you feel about Brian Stelter. There's not a lot of confusion about your views on Stelter after clips like that, which doubtless he's seen because he Googles himself compulsively. He was very kind of syrupy sweet with you. And that's why I was sarcastic and told him I want to date him. You did. Yeah. In fact, the exact line that you had was, Brian, I'm not usually gay, but I want you. 
Yeah. And he seemed a little bit, I'm not saying he's open to it or whatever, but he wasn't shocked by and it. And he's like, give me your phone number. Give me, I want to talk to you. Yeah. And then he hit your producer up, please give me his number right now. Let's yeah, let's that talk. was interesting. But, but I was being silly with him. But, but there was also a line. He goes, oh, Alex Jones. I, I, I said, I want you to come on my show. And he said, oh, you still got a show? And I went, no, you're the one that doesn't have a show. <laughs> then, sorry, I said it's, Tell so, the other line. it's so boorish to like recount conversations people weren't witnessing. It was funny, though. But... You said, you know, you, you, you know, you're you're off TV now, but you were a real star. I mean, not on CNN, but on my show. <laughs> that was so good. Anyway, but what was interesting was if someone had talked about you that way and then called you late night after a couple of drinks, you'd say, you know, up yours, pal. You know what I mean? Like buzz off, or I'm not taking your call. But he kind of sucked up to you. That's a very weird passive aggressive posture. Well, I've said a lot of really mean things about him and, and attacked him. And when I watched the clips out of context, I feel guilty. But he was going around with Oliver Darcy. They would brag on Twitter and literally hitting hundreds of my sponsors. And I say hundreds, I'd have like 20. They'd take them all. I get 20 more, take them all. This went on for years. So you go get a sponsor, you get them, they're doing great. He takes it away from you. And then he brags that him and Darcy, Dar I was taken off Twitter, not for the Sandy Hook stuff that came later that they focused on. Look it up. Uh, they had... Uh, the former head of Twitter and the, and, and the lawyer on Joe Rogan about four years ago. And Joe said, why did you ban Alex Jones? The lawyer goes, okay, let me open my, my clipboard. She goes, here's why. He was mean to Oliver Darcy. So I'm at the Capitol. They're having censorship hearings. Sundar Pichai is there. I just confronted him in the hall. Who runs Google. And you guys are welcome to use that if you want. Uh, I think we've got uh, Harry Sundar. You know Google is helping China with Dragonfly, and you know that they're helping censor, and you know you know you sold this country out, and you won't even help the Pentagon, you'll help the Chicoms. You bet on the wrong country, Sundar. Here he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That guy has had his people tell Congress they're not censoring. They lied to Congress. Then you'd be arrested just like that Chinese spy got arrested in Canada two weeks ago. All these people Sundar is arresting dissidents in China. Apple's working with China to suppress their people. Sundar, you're engaged in treason. You've had Google executives lie to Congress and you're not censoring conservatives. Sundar, you will not silence the people. Your, your, your censorship will not work anymore, Sundar. We're aware of your activities, trying to muzzle the American people and gaming your search results. Google is evil. 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 public hallway. You're going to be arrested. That's enough. You're making too much noise. So Google's not evil though, officer? I'm not saying that. Just control yourself. Okay. 
Get under control now. I'm under control, officer. Thank you. I just was, he's taking my free speech away and lied about me, so I need to stand up to him. I'm no right They're going to talk about okay. me in this committee. I will be talked about. So what am I supposed to do? I don't get a day in court. They lie about me. Google only puts lies up. All the top searches are lies about me and my family. And that guy helps round up political dissidents, and then his people come to lie to Congress over and over and over again, and we don't get to respond to them. So Google is helping build censorship systems in China for a global social score they've tested there to totally control every aspect of our lives. <coughs> Apple and Tim Cook has said he wants censorship worldwide. They're working with the communist Chinese that have killed five times All right, folks, this is what Hitler did. Now. We need to get some sort of decorum the United States Congress. Again, Google is the left or to the right. Okay, Google is evil, and they're censoring. Everybody against the wall, do not block passage. So here you go. We're attempting to have free speech and silence us on the internet so they can build strongmen. Everybody left or right. And we're here simply trying to tell the truth and stand up for what's right. And let these people know that they're not in silence. Americans are going to come to Congress, we're going to come to the state houses, we're going to go to all the public events, and we're going to let people like Sundar, who literally helps China round up their people and has put a censorship system in there and here, we're going to let them know that they're not going to sit there and silence us and that we're going to speak out and we're going to expose what they're doing. This is authoritarianism that has come to this country, and Sundar and Google are the absolutely most evil corporation on earth. And then that was at the Senate. So now they were going over to a House meeting and there's Oliver Darcy in the line. He gets to get in. I don't even get into a hearing where they then attacked me. They'd attacked me at the last hearing, but I don't get to face my accuser. And so I get in his face. I don't threaten him, but I say, you are an evil man. You're un-American coming after my free speech, harassing my sponsors, trying to get me off the internet. And the last place I was on was Twitter. They'd held out. Uh, and so... Uh, Jack Dorsey had held out. And so Jack Dorsey admitted, well, the last straw was I bullied Oliver Darcy. And so that's why I was deplatformed. Elon Musk thinks it was the Sandy Hook thing. Uh, and, and notice- Do you know that in most cultures, bullying Oliver Darcy would be like a rite of passage. Like you couldn't, like that would be a positive good, right? Well, but here's the thing. He's literally on Twitter taking my sponsors, calling for me to be silenced. So he's been attacking me, attacking my speech and my, my, and my living. And then all I do is shove a camera in his face while he's waiting to go into the hearing for five minutes and say, man, you are un-American. You, you, you got some evil eyes. And I said, you really look like a piece of slime. I mean, I told him that. And, well, fair, fair. And, and so the point is, he's a man. He's a, quote, journalist in the arena. He goes around harassing people and stalking them uh, financially and, and, and their free speech. He'd, he'd already bragged that he'd gotten me taken off all this other stuff and that he was instrumental, which he was. And then he can't take me saying, man, you're a jerk. You called for us to be deplatformed. You pushed it. And now you say it's not even happening. It is true. That's CNN true. lobbied for it. That's, not That's all CNN did was call for me to be taken off here. That's all you've done. That's what you said needs to be taken down. Why aren't you taking it down? You think because you've got some Democrats and some committees and some stay-behind networks like the 37 angry Democrats in the Justice Department trying to shut down Trump? You think you've got a rogue group operating inside those agencies? that you're going to be able to shut down the free press in America. We are here. Paul Revere is here. The American people are watching, and they're not going to let you win. Oh, oh, oh. If I could rig the playing field and shut everybody else down, I might be a real boy someday. <laughs> if I could get to work for a big corrupt corporation and shut everybody down, I might be a big boy. Right. Well, so, so, so this is the classic posture. You know, stop hitting me, he says, as he, you know, fires a gun through 
your windshield. Well, I mean, well, the, exactly. They can dish it out, but they can't take it. So what's the effect on you? And I don't mean even the lawsuits against you. And there was there was an effort to criminally indict you, I guess, just for having bad opinions or whatever. A bunch of them, actually. A bunch of them, yeah. They've had four grand juries I've had to respond to. Subpoenas. My when you've committed no crime, you're not. You're like the one of the only people in media who's not ginning up race hatred. I would say, just to be totally clear, because it's very common to do that. You don't do that. And but, so anyway, and then of course this billion dollar judgment against you for having naughty opinions, which is insane. I'm not even talking about that. I just mean, what's it like to spend 25, 30 years connecting the dots and seeing this? slow-moving storm come toward the country that you were born in, what what effect does that have on you? Since you use the analogy of a storm, it'd be like if I was 100 years ago before they had radar, and I've read about the famous flood 120-something years ago in Galveston that killed tens of thousands of people. Oh, yeah, the hurricane, yeah. Yeah, the hurricane. They didn't, know, they didn't have radar, and so they didn't know. But uh, you know, there are the fishermen out there catching shrimp or whatever, and then all of a sudden, here comes basically a tidal wave. And if I was one of those fishermen, and I knew my children and my wife were on shore at school or work or whatever, and here comes a 40, 50-foot wave I know is about to kill them, I would not be thinking about myself watching this giant wave come in. I'd go, oh, my God, my wife and kids are over there. And so it's not that I'm a hero. It's not even a selflessness. I, I realized that I was just out in front and ahead of some people in understanding this. Uh, because of family and, and, and research and just, you know, things in my life that I saw that encouraged me to get involved in the media uh, because I was aware of the globalists and some things that were going on because my uncle was high-level Iran-Contra, had some other family uh, that, you know, worked in clandestine things. So I kind of grew up uh, just around folks that knew what was really going on. And you're a kid, you don't really pay attention to it, but you kind of get that education, even though you don't know you're getting it. And so I've just been out front. So I would liken it to in the old days when a dam would break, and they didn't have radio to warn people. And the dam breaks, and it's a 20-foot wave coming down the valley. And you are down below the dam as, you know, let's say, a, a uh, lumberjack. And you know your wife and children are two miles down. And you see the dam break, and you're about to drown. But I guarantee the last thought you're thinking is, it's going to get my women and children. And, and that's, that's really, my grief is, this is really draconian. This globalist Great Reset, New World Order Takeover is a post-industrial world, cut off the resources, 90% forced depopulation, breaking civilization by design, massive wars, famine. They've already cut off a third of the fertilizer in the last year worldwide. It's estimated that'll kill a couple hundred million people. Uh, the lockdowns worldwide, not the virus. The UN admits killed 80-something million extra people in the last three and a half years. And, 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 and so when the first world collapses, the third world dies. And then what's left of them floods us. And so the earth is being put into a countdown collapse right now. And so I'm like the fisherman when the tidal wave comes in and I'm like, oh my God, my wife and children are about to die. And, and, and so I'm not really worried about me because I'm a man. I did this. I knew it was coming. I've been proven right. And I'm not happy I was proven right. I wish we could have gotten ahead of this and stopped it. Yeah, we have a lot of credibility now that people see that we were right. So maybe we can stop the next phase of it. But the globalists have gone from testing phase beta test phase into full operational now. And they say, read their writings, we are going to have a post-industrial world by 2030. We will have no personal cars by 2030. You will be eating bugs by 2030. And we will start uh, the, the depopulation of 90% of the people by 2045. That is the official WF, official UN, official Club of Rome plan. What do you mean the depopulation? They want to bring the world population down to 500 million. 
But I thought we were opposed to genocide. No or no? I guess we're not. Well, you know, we're told now, don't have children, it's bad for the earth. And we're told all this, and Elon Musk is right, and is a hero for pointing out all the actuaries show, if you don't have 2.1 children, a man and a woman, people go, well, a man and a woman can have 2.1. It's, it's in the aggregate, folks, out of billions. If a country doesn't have 2.1, 2.2 replacement rate, then you don't have people to take care of the old folks, society collapses. And so uh, Japan's 1.3, Italy's 1.3, they're done as cultures. Uh, America, without immigrant influx, is uh, about 1.6. That's not, that's not viable. Uh, and so, and I'm not just talking about white people only here, but white people are 7% of the world population, maybe eight. Uh, and so I would be sad if the last of the Eskimos were dying. I, I mean, I'm sad that the Japanese, within 100 years, uh, there might be 20 million of them. Or something. But just to my previous question about, and without getting too personal, but like, I mean, I feel a little bit enervated and down just hearing your dot connecting here. Like, what's the effect on you over 25 years? I mean, if you literally foresee 9-11 before it happens, and you did, and it can be proven, we just proved it. Like, what is that? What's that like to live with that weird ability? Well, I mean, I know a specific clip. Um, I, I specifically say, call the White House, tell them we know they're going to let Al-Qaeda attack us, bin Laden, and then, and then, and then take our rights. And I say, call the White House. I, I put the number out, so I put the money where my mouth was, and that's the only time I ever said call the White House and tell them stop a particular event. I'm now saying we need to call the White House and say, you've let tens of thousands of military-aged men from the Middle East in. We know a lot of them are Hezbollah and, and Hamas. The FBI has confirmed that. And so when and if there's big terror attacks, which I believe will probably happen in America, we're not going to have Homeland Security get more funds and more power and grope us at the airports more. I want prison time for uh, the agencies and groups that have allowed this. And, I, and yes. I, want, I want O'Biden, I want Biden impeached now, okay? That's why we got rid of McCarthy. It, it needs to happen. Leaving the border open when there is a clear and present danger of this going on, and when we're very close to war with Iran, we go to war with Iran, they're going to activate Hezbollah, okay? And, and that, they, they make Hamas look like choir boys. And, and, and so you want to hear a prediction here. It's a probability, not a pure prediction. But, I mean... I, if we go to war with Iran, guaranteed sleeper cells activate. It'll make what happened in Israel look tame in comparison. I'm not lessening what happened there. So I, I'm simply, and, 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 and then again, where's the logic? The government that allows that to happen should go to prison. I agree. But instead, like 9-11, they're going to get more power when it happens. Mark my words. So, so. But you, was, you can't have guns because we let in foreign sleeper cells to kill you. Exactly. And, and you asked the question. This has really taken a toll on me, not the fake lawsuits, not the weaponization, not, not the deplatforming. Uh, I was already getting exhausted five, six years ago. And when I married my second wife, who's amazing, I have three children with my previous wife and one, one you know, they're all great children and, and one with her. We were in Hawaii getting married uh, like seven years ago. And I said to her, I said, I wanna just write books and make documentary films and maybe do an occasional podcast. I, at that time I've been on air like 20, 22 years, uh, six days a week, three hours a day at least. And uh, I said, I just don't want this burden, this big crew. I love the crew, but I don't want to do this anymore. I said, I want to move the country and uh, I want to uh, just, you know, because it's taking a physical toll to every day, look at this stuff. And now I've gotten to the point, which even though I say, don't let them break your will, don't let them demoralize you. That's because I understand the process. It's happened to me. Used to, I'd have hundreds of incredible stories and clips every day. I couldn't wait to expose the bad guys. Now I look at it once, I'm ready, I study it. And then half the time I get on air and I just go, let's just take calls. Or I 
start talking about some fun story just because I mentally cannot sit there and stare into the abyss and stare at Biden or you know their press secretary that's meant to enrage us and demoralize us. And I think that's a defense mechanism that's healthy. So I think we all have to be balanced. I'm not asking people to only fight tyranny. Uh, and I'm asking people to get prepared, get ready, but wake up as many people as you can and then do whatever you have to to stay sane because this, we have record suicide, we have record depression, we have record drug abuse. Uh, this country has been attacked. And if you read deeper in the globalist writings, they admit they're doing it. Uh, and so we have to be aware of it. If you're aware of an attack and aware of a manipulation, it doesn't give you full immunity from it. Uh, no, it doesn't. But it, 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 but, but it gives you a buffer. Imagine people that don't know what's going on and they really believe Things are dangerous, things are bad, not because of the corrupt corporations that are running things, but because those evil people in the countryside don't want to be left alone. And that's what they're saying on the news. It's the, it's the people in the middle of nowhere that want to be left alone. They're the bad guys. And it's the, it's the five-year-old you know, kid that's white. You know, they're really bad. They're all inherently really bad. And just, just this is a demonic assault. And, and, and it really is good versus evil. But the key part you raised earlier in, in, in previous shows that I mentioned that I didn't get into because there's so many topics is this. When you said we need to brood on death, you talk about a simpatico or a synchronicity or a weird moment. I don't usually watch your show when it first releases one day because I'm usually at work and doing stuff tonight, but I'll get up at like four or five in the morning, hours before my wife and daughter get up and I will start, you know, get on the desktop, start doing research. And, one of the, and when I'm reading news and sending stuff to the crew for the show, I'll almost always go click on your show to watch it. And, you know, you know that's the go-to thing I'll, I'll have on the background. And I said, well, I'm not going to click on the show. I'm going to click on the speech you gave a few weeks ago. And you talked about uh, brooding on death. And I'm sitting there that week literally thinking about the fact that we've got to be humble. We've got to be thankful. We've got to realize that there's an infinite universe and consciousness. And that focusing on what made humanity, focusing on you know, the fact that we are spiritual beings, but that this life is finite and these incredible experiences, all the people we've met and known and all the ancestors before us that did incredible things and went through hell and were tough as nails to get us here really ties us into our ancestors and the epigenetic instinctive knowledge uh, that really makes us a colony or hybrid creature of all of our ancestors. We have a soul, we have a spirit, we have our genetic uh, imprint that, that they've proven mathematically is multidimensional, even above the third dimension. So we have a personal spirit, but really we also have a collective bodysuit that is a collection of all of our ancestors and just the beauty and the wonderment and the spectacularness of that dwelling on how, how incredible that is, but also leaning into eternity and leaning in to this body and, and this incarnation. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying reincarnation, incarnation, uh, b b being so magical and that also that death is the great equalizer and that you will be humbled and you will get old and your teeth will fall out and you and your hair will fall out and you will get cancer or you will have a heart attack. And no matter how powerful you are, you're not in control in that. It, yes. it tunes you into God. And then what you said, so I'm heavily focused on this and telling my wife this and I meet with my dad, who's really my mom. And I don't see them as much as I should. But my dad's really always told me this and I didn't really get it when I was younger. Now I get it, you know, as, as I get older and I'm sitting there just literally praying 
that morning and drinking coffee and just focusing on death and just focusing on life. Because when you focus on death, it makes life so much bigger. And focusing on what, I, I'm not a Hindu and I'm not a uh, Sikh, but the Sikhs are like a 500-year-old version of 3,000-year-old Hinduism. And they, they think everything's a manifestation of God in the universe around us. And then interfacing and how we take every moment of how magic it is, is what's going to resonate in the future to bring us close to God so that we basically resonate into the higher dimension with God. And that's really been my instinctive understanding of it, spiritual understanding, the dream understanding of it. I didn't read books and I read what the Sikhs are saying. It's basically, I was reading some of their writings just a month ago and it was about focusing on death so you also understand life and being humble and being a servant and, and how that's what empowers you so you're not an asshole. You know, like your dad would tell you, you know, you know, you know, focus on the fact that I'm, I'm an asshole and shouldn't be because we all have the asshole side. Yes. You, you have a better quote, but the, of your dad's quote. The root better. of all wisdom is knowing what an asshole you are. It, and, and it really is. My dad always says the root of all thing is, is being humble and appreciating things and not getting on a power trip, basically what your dad's saying. Yeah. And so, because that's, that's wise men. And, and, and so... I'm sitting there totally focused for like, I wouldn't call it meditation, but like 30 minutes, just sitting there in the dark with the computer screen on. And I go, no, I'm not going to watch Tucker's show from yesterday. I'm going to watch this speech. And I click it and I'm like 10 minutes in and you go, we got to say everything I'm saying. I didn't even said this on air. I'm hearing you say basically the same thing because it's a universal truth. Then I want to bring the next piece to it, which you talked about. You grew up in this super wealthy area of California when you weren't you know, spending your summers here in Maine. And Speaking for you, I watch show all the time and you know, re read your material. It's beautiful. And you were talking about how they're totally freaked out and neurotic and crazy because no one talks about death. Everybody shelves away the old people. They basically put them out on an ice float or, you know, burn them like the Vikings. And that by doing that, that's what makes them not be connected to reason and God and, and the deeper things. And that's why they're so lost. That's totally true. So let me now take you one step further in this. The globalists are so scared of death. They have all this money, all this power, all this control. So they're obsessed with finding life extension technology, merging with machines, becoming gods. That's their new religion. That's the transhumanism. Ah. And that's where all their funding goes. But that's only one side of the coin. The other side is that if you're going to be God, you've got to be in charge of death. So because they fear death and they project their hatred of themselves onto us, then if they can poison us, dumb us down, sterilize us, depopulate us, they believe that's more for them at a very greedy level. So they want to be death, the destroyer of worlds, to quote Oppenheimer, I've become death, destroyer of worlds, and at the same time, cheat death. So it's a total subconscious obsession with death. Instead of consciously focusing on it, getting over it, instead they turn it loose to their animal lower alligator brain and are now manifesting all this because they've not embraced the higher level of yes. understanding. I agree with that completely, but it's doomed as a project, no? I mean, it is the Tower of Babel. Whenever you see in history is the story of this, people drunk on their own power, overstating their control over things, becoming convinced they're God, and then being destroyed. I mean, that is just, I mean, it is just an endless loop of that story. It's a law of humans. It's a law, exactly. And so this can't, I mean, this isn't going to work. They're going to blow up the world before they do this. There's well, just not you, possible. You just stole my thunder because we've not talked before this. We've talked about a lot of stuff, but nothing about the show, really. It's a law, just like gravity, just like two plus two equals four. It, it, it is the fabric of the universe. And I was about to say, in the past, megalomaniacs try to control everything. Order the firstborn, you know, killed. Almost every kingdom would do that, whether it was Egypt or you know, the, the, the Druids. Oh, there's too many young men being born. Kill them. Yeah. I mean, you know, depopulation has always been there. 
In the time of Plato, 2,500 years ago, he thought the world was overpopulated. So that's kind of where the eugenics comes from and where they get these ideas, you know, the, the greatest philosopher ever, who said a lot of great things, but also said there's too many Greeks, we need to kill most of them. Uh, you know, they're animals, they're dumb, we need to control breeding, it only makes supermen. And that's where Hitler got all that, that's where all this comes from. But the, the, the central issue here is, in the past, civilizations would just fall apart when they got into a decadent phase. You know, hard men make good times, good men make... Uh, Hard men make good times. Good times make soft men. Soft men make bad times. Exactly. And so instead of going through that cycle and the collapse of that corrupt system, now there's biological weapons, chemical weapons, nuclear weapons, all this other advanced stuff. Instead, they're going to try to use the robots and all the control and the nuclear weapons to make us finally get under their mark of the beast, finally get under their unified system of control, finally get under their social credit score, which was predicted by you know, these incredibly connected people 2,000 years ago, that this would be the ultimate tyranny that was coming, almost, not almost, psychically seeing it into the future, because of the great evil potential, time's really a loop, it was looping back or bouncing back, real psychics seeing into the future what was going to happen in Revelation, as a potential, I believe, and it's actually a warning that we don't have to follow that course. And, 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 and that's my own personal belief. So uh, so instead, whether you believe in Revelation or not, they're, the evil globalists, the selfish globalists, are using it as a blueprint and literally building the mark of the beast casual society, where you don't just, oh, I agree to take this mark, I can buy and sell now. You have to worship the beast that can be seen by all on earth at the same time. It describes these big holograms you've got to watch and worship. And it tells you what to do. And it tells you how to live. And it says men become women and women become men and children are set upon their parents and there's nothing but wickedness being invented. And it describes everything that's now happening and says when they roll this out, you've got to worship this world government. You've got to worship the system and do exactly what it says or it doesn't let you buy and sell. And, and so whether people believe in the Bible or not, believe in Revelation or not, it is now manifesting. I, I don't see a lie in that. I don't think, I am a Christian, but I don't think you need to be one uh, to arrive at exactly the same conclusion. So you live in Austin, Texas. You've been there since high school. Austin's changed a lot. And uh, as you noted, it's been really overwhelmed by people from the West Coast fleeing the decayed societies that they built. You live among liberals now. What do you make of them? What are they like? I really feel sorry for them because compared to, say, my dad's dad, yeah, uh, like you were telling me about your uh, your foreman or your you know, manager knows how to do electricity, knows how to build houses, knows how to fish, hunt. You know, we just saw that big moose he got today. Yeah, uh, these these guys are impressive, and they can do everything. My grandfather could do everything. Uh, he could fix a combine with literally rubber bands and tin cans he you know, cut up into pieces. And my dad's the same way. I'm a shadow of them and their can-do. Uh, and compared to liberals, I'm like light years ahead of them. They live in high rises. They get food delivered to them. Uh, they, they're not in reality. Uh, they don't have common sense. They go out in the most dangerous areas that I wouldn't go into armed. In, in, in places like New York, dangerous areas of Austin, and get stabbed, raped, murdered, killed. Then they defend the people, their families do, that killed them. Uh, they just are like pod people. Uh, they are just these obsolete creatures that uh, most of them have, I guess, jobs because they work for big tech or the system. Uh, but they are just completely disconnected, domesticated, very, very politically ignorant, culturally ignorant, historically ignorant people. And they think they're elitist. They think they know a lot. 
They think they understand a lot. They're totally useless. What, what do they do for fun? Well, I was about to say, and they're the ones that want to depopulate. They're the ones that think that, uh, like Bloomberg said, oh, what's a farmer do? It's easy to stick a seed in the ground and it grows. Farming's incredibly hard. You better know what you're doing and you got to have the weather on your side. And it's a all around the clock job. I've had family that are farmers. My dad grew up as a farmer and a rancher. I've, in the summers, they would send me to work on farms and ranches, best education I ever got. It's rough. It's, it's, it's tough. Uh, and but is it really essential? Is food really essential? Well, we're told uh, by John <laughs> Kerry in the last few months, he says we need to cut farming. Now, organic farming is- Is he still alive, Is bad the earth. I don't think, he, I think it's a corpse. It seems, he seems like a corpse. Like a rubber face. Somebody An animatronic Chuck E. Cheese. I thought he passed years ago, but somebody told me he's still alive. I don't, I guess it's an open question. He runs around giving speeches saying we've got to cut farming uh, or people are going to starve. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm not joking. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Cut down trees, cut the food off, cut the fertilizer off to save people. Well, speaking of starving, I mean... Again, as I said at the outset, and I meant this, I've never seen a single person, I don't think there ever has been a person in the history of the United States who was not criminally charged, but was punished to the extent that you have been. I mean, they've really tried to drive you into the grave. I think to be fair, it's been worse for Trump, but I'm the second. Yeah, that might be right. He has much bigger resources, though, to back him up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's the head of a I've, political party. You're, I've spent you're, everything. I've, I'm completely out of money. I'm still hanging on. But yeah, Trump still has resources. I, I, I don't. They lied about my resources too. Said I had all these resources. Now it's been proven it wasn't true. Uh, so yeah, they've definitely. But they, it was more than a billion dollar judgment against you for saying something other people didn't like. I guess. Well, let's be clear. Misrepresenting what I said, I was defaulted by both judges in Texas and Connecticut, and the judge said I was guilty. Then wouldn't let us put on a defense and had a jury decide the damages. Then they put on experts saying I was worth four hundred million dollars when I had a couple million dollars last year in my account during the last trial. Now I have nothing. I'm actually upside down uh, right now. Uh, and so that's- So how are you, I mean, how are you, I mean, they've decided like, you're not allowed to make a living in this country. You've been not just deplatformed, but depersoned, debanked. Um, how do you make a living? Well, I have been maxed out personally. I'm in bankruptcy, but I've done a chapter 11, some chapter five reorganization for free speech systems that is the company that owns InfoWars. And so that company's barely paying its bills and is, 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 is operating, but- we're barely hanging on. I personally uh, never, you know, had that much stuff. Contrary to what they said, so it really hasn't hurt me that much. I'm, I'm not really into fancy things or a bunch of ostentatious uh, lifestyle. Contrary to what they said, uh, and so we're we're funding the operation. We're selling products. We're what are you selling? Uh, I mean, well, you know, we sell books, films, T-shirts. We sell high quality supplements. Then they call it snake oil, but we sell the same stuff, private labeled, uh, that Whole Foods sells. Just you know, high end, high quality stuff. I've, it's not just a fundraiser. I've got the book, The Great Awakening, Defeating the Globalist and Launching the Next Great Renaissance. My last book that came out last year was a number one bestseller uh, on the USA Today and Wall Street Journal. But uh, the, Did they list it on their list? Well, the New York Times, they did. New York Times refused to even put it on the list, even though it was number one. This is my new book that isn't just the bad stuff they're doing with a huge breakdown with all the proof at the back. It is also... Uh, solutions and how to counter them. So this book will keep us on air. Plus, it's a great book. I hope people get it at InfoWarsStore.com, or they can also get signed copies there, or they can go to Amazon.com. But uh, yeah, this is a way to keep us on air. Plus, it really is an amazing book. If people want to see a lot of the stuff I told you, but with footnotes, so you can go right to it 
everything I say. When I say Naval Noah Harari says the future's not human and that the population uh, is no longer needed and the future's, you know, there'll be no more humans, you can actually go to where he said it. Uh, when I said that Jeffrey Epstein was running a Mossad slash CIA MI6 operation to uh, blackmail top scientists to control them, we have links to that. When I say Peter Nygaard is on trial right now, was having women have babies, his babies, so they could abort them at eight months and then he could suck all their juices out and inject them into himself. A, a real vampire that literally takes the juices of his children, puts them in his body. We have a transcript of him saying that on TV. Who is this? A, a Peter Nygaard is one of the big buddies of Epstein and all of them. He was kind of running his own Jeffrey Epstein operation, also in the Caribbean. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, this book is super, super hardcore. It's got an amazing foreword uh, by Steve Bannon. And they had a great researcher, who's also a lawyer, uh, Kent Heckenlively, went through and double-checked everything I said for the book, obviously, so they wouldn't get sued. So this thing is well-researched, well-documented. It is the Great Awakening. Because the Great Awakening is the counter to the globalist Great Reset to destroy society and then build back better. But it seems asymmetrical at best. I mean, you have all the power on the global rate on one side, and then the majority that doesn't like it. So, <laughs> I mean, like, how how do decent people prevail? They believe they can push it by deception. That's why people are aware of why they're cutting off the fertilizer to collapse the third world, to then flood us with those giant populations they will then control and give voting rights to. And if you don't want to give them voting rights, then you're a racist. See, that's why the lockdown's biggest crime wasn't just the 80-plus million the U.N. estimates starved to death the last three and a half years, on top of the normal 15 million that starved to death each year. You looked this up. They then use those giant masses of people that are fleeing total collapse as their new political underclass. So, so that's why it's so vital to not just challenge the Great Reset and the New World Order eugenics operation of the transhumanists. It's vital to then give an alternative plan and, and have an alternative debate about that plan. And that's what the Great Awakening gets into. So, but if you give up on that, you also sell bourbon. Man, you are really being nice here today, Tucker. And <laughs> well, you know why? You know, I want, I, I hate selling products, but I like this product because I love the name. Look at this right here. This, my friends, is a, a gift to your crew because I know they drink. I had some drinks with them last night when we called Brian Stelter. But this, <laughs> some of the crew does drink. Yes, that's true. So, so this is for you. We got a few other bottles for you uh, out there. Something I can't even open this thing. It was sealed. Maybe it got locked on the airplane. Anyways, can somebody open this? I'm like here embarrassing. No, hold on. I think the the center thing. I don't I don't travel with guns very often, so I don't know how to operate these. I'm gonna smash this son of a bitch up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, God damn it. Look at that. It doesn't come like this in stores. I'm going to kill the people that came up with this. Swap that into the studio. We're rolling. Tucker, don't kill me. All right, we're rolling. I don't Still. think that plug should be that. Oh, my God. I got a lot of points when you get to here. Okay, that was amazing. This whiskey does not come with a hatchet to open it, um, or a blacklight, but if you, does it come with a blacklight? No, but if you have one. But if you have a blacklight, by the way, I don't think I've ever sold a product on the air, but I'm proud to say uh, We it. appreciate you supporting oh, Dude, come on, I'm totally all about it. Um, <laughs> what does that say? I'm gonna let you read that. It says, uh, thus to tyrants, meaning death to tyrants. Yeah, I, I recognize that phrase. I think it was uttered in Ford's theater. Thank Man. you, brother. 
Well, it's, enough of that. I didn't mean to turn it to who's so, extravaganza. So I, I want to... I, the book is more important, but... Anyways. So the last topic I want to hit with you, I could go on for hours. We're trying to... We're trying to get the audience of this social media app to believe that you can have longer content because it was, you know, originally designed for very short, you know, brain droppings. But well, I think you've succeeded. The biggest English-speaking show ever. I mean, it's bigger than Jimmy Carson, bigger than Joe Rogan. Congratulations showing that freedom is successful and Well, popular. thank you. Well, we're grateful that it's a... No, it's, I'm grateful to you. you that we have that. free speech. But I, I, but anyway, but here's, here's my question. So all of the trends that you describe, I think very credibly, and I'm a little bit surprised, but not at all ashamed to say I agree with pretty much everything that you've said, um, amazingly, but I do. And I think most reasonable people, if they just drop the kind of filter and stop lying to themselves and, and ask, like, where's the lie and what he's saying? I think we'll come to the same conclusion. But all of those trends are being forced to kind of ahead or, or they're going to come to fruition or something's going to happen in the next 13 months because we have a presidential election on the books and you have this car crash and I just do not see how it's resolved. Uh, do you? Like, what's well, going to happen? Uh, again, I, uh, it's the truth. Really, the only show I watch every day is yours when you have a new show because <clears throat> I don't just agree with you. I learn stuff every time. And what you've been saying the last few months is dead on and, and, and a lot of people agree with you and I know I do that you look at the trajectory of this, how they're escalating on Trump, whether you love him or hate him. He's now a populist icon. Uh, he, he's now the underdog. Uh, the globalists are coming after him. They're coming after our right to vote for who we want. He gets 60% against Which is the fundamental right in a democracy. I, the people rule. I can vote for whomever I want. It does, and if you don't like that person, that's immaterial, Absolutely. Right? And he's been indicted for saying they're stealing elections. They're stealing it. Try, oh, you, I'm aware. Well, yeah, absolutely. In their indictments of him. Is election theft, but yes. So, so, but despite that, he's got 60% against all of the Republicans. He's 15, 20 points ahead of Biden. It's backfired, but the deep state's not going to stop. So when you said to Trump several times in that 400 million views or whatever you got, biggest show ever, you know, you said to him, well, isn't the next thing them trying to kill you? And he, he, he's so confident. He doesn't want to think about that. And we're, well, he whereas, doesn't want to think about it. That's whereas right. I admire someone that's that comp confident, you know, the deep state does kill people. And and and, and that's their only next move because this is failing. And, and I think they're going to kill Biden too. Or I think they're going to try to, what you said in a speech again, before the last one I talked about like a month ago, you said, I don't see Biden and Trump being the candidates. You see the system, the media going after Biden and he deserves it, but they were covering it up until now. Now they're covering the laptop. Now they're covering attack on the dog. Now they're covering, you know, all of his senility, all the corruption, the Chinese spies. Attacking a dog. What a pig he is. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I was told that by Secret Service and by uh, people that, let's just say, work with them. And I'm going to leave it at that. But I actually have a contact for you. I'd like to be able to hear it from them. But when this is over, I'll let you actually hear it from yourself. I think they'll tell you off record. I think they're willing to talk to you. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he is completely out of his mind. He wanders around for the entire two and a half years. It's getting worse. Naked in the White House. Uh, in the middle of the night, doesn't know who he is. They have to give him a bunch of drugs, yeah. a bunch of amphetamines in the morning. Then they've got to drug him uh, at night. Sometimes he's got to, though, he'll like be out for the morning for a while and then he comes back out at night for a ball. That's when there's a real problem. He is on drugs. I, I have established that. I know someone who witnessed it. I'm not guessing at this. I know someone personally who witnessed him uh, taking amphetamines. And this was this was during the 2016 uh, 20, 2020 election. So how's this going to? That's huge. I know you don't play games. You've been no, I don't around. play games with this. It was a, I'll just say he's a makeup artist. 
Well, no, you, you said the NSA spying on me high level, and then a month later they went, yes, we're spying on Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I know. So, so I, you don't make stuff up. And so what I'm saying here is Biden's a liability for him. Trump's a liability. What do they do? They have a right winger, they'll claim, assassinate Biden. And they'll have a left winger assassinate Trump. That then gets the country even in more of a fight against each other. And then they put in Gavin Newsom uh, and, you know, somebody like Mike Pence or who knows. But I really think the next 13 months is the most critical time, not just in American history, but world history. Because if they can bring down America, they're going to bring down the world. And then you've got the escalation. Remember a year ago, Biden said, you can't give F-16s and 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 uh, Abrams tanks and cruise missiles to the Ukrainians, that's World War III. Now they're doing it. So as Russia wins that war, as Colonel McGregor documented a few months ago with you, NATO is escalating. Well, that leads right to nuclear war. So we're so close. That fundamentally makes me so mad. This transcends politics. Since when do Democrats love war? Since when do Democrats love the intelligence agencies? They, they love them now. And, and so really the Democratic... So dark. It's just so like the dark. Republican Party is a beachhead for sanity and populism. It's not perfect, but it's a beachhead. The Democratic Party is totally turned over to evil. That's why I thought RFK Jr. was so refreshing, but they're shutting him out of the primary process. They're blocking him. And so now he's going to run third party, which will take away from Trump. Most experts agree. I know Trump's people have looked at it, they think so. Of course. Uh, so that's very, very sad. So, do I mean, do you think, I mean, normally at this, you know, so we're in October, I guess, um, in the year before the election, you can sort of see the outlines pretty clear. I mean, in October of 1999, I was pretty confident it was going to be George W. Bush versus Al Gore. I mean, you sort of know ahead of time. But are, do you think that we're going to see on Election Day 2024 a ballot with Biden and Trump on it? I've been saying I think they may assassinate him or claim they had a heart attack. And then, But I was thinking about each one individually. But I think when you said that a month ago, it was prescient that that's the next move. That's the if, if I get in their mind and I'm evil, I'm Machiavelli, that is what they have to do. But the my, election just forces the point. I mean, I guess I actually don't think that their preference is overt violence or anything that people notice. I mean, they much rather covert. resort to stealth. Right. Covert rather than overt. But I just think, you know, there's an election on the books and like something's going to happen. Well, that's what you're saying. All their tactics of covert aren't working. So with, as we saw with JFK in 1963 in Dallas... They will go over. Uh, and, and, and so we have governors declaring emergencies to take the guns. All of that is, and then suddenly Democrats are against sanctuary cities when they're the ones saying, Governor Hochul and, 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 and the uh, mayor of New York, come here, come here. Now they're like, oh, we never said come here. I think it's dawning on Democrats they've been betrayed. And maybe there's some point where Democrats will have self-preservation, you know, the average voter, and, and say, no, we need to turn against this. This is totalitarian. This is dangerous. This is evil. Uh, but if that isn't the case, the deep... But here's the problem. Even if Democrats wake up, bef the system will know that from their internal polls. The establishment will. They're going to make a big move. And is that a full-out war with Russia? A full-out war with China? Uh, is, it is it them allowing the jihadi sleeper cells? They're in America that have torn across our border that are waiting to let them activate? And I'm not saying our government controls them, but they've let other governments bring them in. And they've given funding to those governments. And now if we don't see strong signals against, against Iran, I don't want war with Iran. What I'm saying is strong signals telling Iran, do not fund terror groups. And we don't see strong repudiation of Joe Biden. That will greenlight the security services to go ahead and let this new attack happen. And a massive jihadi attack in America 
could be the way to bring in martial law and cancel the election. Also, Klaus Schwab loves a telegraph, so is the UN. It is imminent. A cyber attack bringing down the power grid will make COVID look like absolutely nothing. It's basically his quote. I think I've got it almost exactly. And, 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 and so will they cut the power before the election? I mean, the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. So people need to be vigilant and understand that we want to let the system know we're aware. We want to promote the values of free speech and of family and of self-defense and of local control and of free market, rugged individualism and a competitive civilization and a colorblind society that Martin Luther King Jr. talked about. We need to go back to the things that made us great that threaten the CCP and threaten the globalists of the UN because they're selling tyranny and eating bugs and being locked down in your houses and forced injections and two men can have a baby. We're selling normal human biology and success and culture. And so I just think we have to give the alternate plan to their dystopia. We have to challenge their dystopia, but also give the alternate plan, which enough people aren't doing. But but that's Trump's big sin is his optimism. America's great. Everybody's beautiful. We have such potential. And as soon as the world heard America was open for business, we saw trillions flood instantly in because our leaders had said America's not open for business. Invest in China and India and Mexico, where the globalists have middleman deals to get all the money and all the power instead of the people getting it. It was Henry Ford, wasn't a perfect guy, but he he said the other auto manufacturers, you know, this, this came out in federal documents in the later antitrust suits because you know, he didn't get in trouble. They did. They said to him, the other auto manufacturers, they said, why are you going to pay your employees three times what we do? And he said, because I won't just, I don't want just rich people buying my cars. I want my employees to prime the market to buy it. They'll give me all the money back buying the Model T, and then that'll supercharge it. So that's the two different systems. Build this illustrious, incredibly exciting, roaring civilization of laissez-faire, or let these big guys that already made all the money centralize control, shut us all down and vertically integrate so they're in control, and then kill competition. So we have to kill the globalist program that's anti-free market, anti-capitalist. It's monopolistic. It's anti-human. It's, it's a bunch of degenerate, inbred, third, fourth generation elites who didn't make all this money, who didn't create all this stuff, but that have decided we don't even get to take part in it while they take part in it and live like kings. So it's us or them, Tucker, and, and we've got to crush the globalists. We've got to crush the New World Order. We've got to challenge them, or they're going to destroy the planet. I believe that. Last question. Where will you be in five years? Are you going to stay in this country? Can you stay in this country? I mean, speaking of escalation, uh, again, I, I still have never figured out what your crime is, but you have been persecuted for something um, in, in a, an escalating way. I got two subpoenas last week. Subpoenas? I got subpoenas uh, on January 6th, again, on a criminal investigation. Well, you didn't do anything on January 6th. And I got subpoenaed in Trump's criminal trial in Georgia. On what ground? On what? And then my lawyer called and said, what is this? And uh, the uh, they said, well, we, we don't just want him as a witness. He's a subject. I had nothing to do with Georgia. And when I'm not saying it's bad they went and challenged it. That's their right. I mean, I went and protested there. So it's just pure intimidation. So I have a problem. It's that I don't like to cut and run. I'm not the toughest guy around, but growing up in Dallas was some pretty rough people. Some big guy started a fight with me. I just couldn't back off. Uh, and I almost always won those fights or, or, or you know, went to the hospital trying. And so I decided to go down with the ship. 
Uh, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to leave the country. Uh, I'm not going to back down and I'm going to continue to fight with everything I've got. I'll never sell out. I'll never give in. I could give out. That's why support's critical and word of mouth because Alex Jones is seen as a focal point, like capture the flag by the globalist. If they can shut me down, they believe they can shut anybody down. They've said that. And so it's human intelligence and human action and word of mouth. Talking about Infowars.com, my show, what I do is a test case, almost like Stalingrad in World War II, where all these forces of the globalists keep thinking, we beat this guy at this city, at this point, at this battle, we win. And so I don't think I'm even that important. I've just been chosen as this main battle point. So all these grassroots people and people like you and other great folks are supporting me through just supporting the First Amendment. And, and, you know, and, and so I've got that backing and that enrages the globalists. So the more they throw against me, the more support I get. And it's really become a historic battle. If I'm completely manned and debanked and shut down and can't operate, uh, only then would I try to evacuate somewhere to try to keep my show on the air. But I've looked at it and I don't even think that that's the case. You know, once they disrupt and shut down something, um, it's, it, it's very hard to restart it. The good news is there are so many other great talk show hosts, so many other great people that now understand this and even have perspectives better than mine that I'm not obsolete yet, but thanks to you and thanks to Russell Brand, they're trying to now set up and, you know, Joe Rogan's come a long way and Steve Bannon and countless other shows that I tune into that have high level understanding and teach me a lot. And I'm in my head's in the game. So you're our champion, Tucker. And, and, and there are other people, you know, uh, lesser, I know you, I know you don't want to be the top dog, but you are, that's why you're under attack. Thanks to you, I know no matter what happens to me, men and women are going to continue the fight forward into the future. But this is an Alamo situation. I'm not evacuating. I'm not leaving. I'm not going. How'd they do at the Alamo? Do you remember? Everybody got killed. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but 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 that example led to a big, big yeah, you know, my mom's family uh, raised Colonel Travis's son. And, and on my dad's side, too, they were heavily involved. First, Texas families. We have, like, Mexican land grants for our property. We still have Mexican land. We paid for 12 cents an acre, like 1825 uh, in East Texas. You know, you come visit. So it's not as cool as your place, but it's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, the last letter he wrote on that piece of wallpaper was uh, to one of my great, 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 great grandfathers in Gonzales, Texas, saying, please take care of my little boy. Uh, and so, uh, but Travis knew he was going to die. But he was like, I, I got 10,000 troops coming in on our 200 and something. We're going to give them one hell of a fight and kill a bunch of them before they can get up north for the main battle. And they killed thousands, you know, 3,000, it's estimated, uh, we go from memory, uh, Mexican troops. And so I, that's, that'd be an honor to have like 10,000 troops coming at me and I'm in the Alamo. I, I don't have a death wish, but man, it gets me eyes a kite. And, 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 and so I'm not doing what Colonel Travis did. The only reason they got beat is they ran out of ammo, basically. They had powder, but no more, no more ball. And they were fighting with swords at the end. So those are tough men. And I don't even measure up to them. But I want to try to measure up. And so it's very exciting. It's, it, it's instinctive. It's spiritual to be defending humanity and prosperity and freedom and justice. It's these globalist child trafficking monsters, the open border, all this evil. I mean, so my, my cells tell me to do this. My guts, my sinews say, you're ordered to do this. And I don't feel good unless I do it. And so the bigger the attacks get, it's the old World War II saying when the planes were over the target, they didn't really have radar, but they knew the bases and the factories had flak. So they're shooting at them with artillery anti-aircraft artillery, so you flew into that. And so me, the best place I want to be is in the flak, but I also hate the flak because we could blow up and we're not in the fight anymore. So there's that paradox, but 90% of me wants to be in the flak, 10% says maybe you should steer a little around it because you don't want to get knocked out. 
And, and until just a few years ago, I felt really bad because it didn't seem the paradigm had been shattered and people didn't actually read the globalist documents. Now there's been a paradigm shattering and I'm almost obsolete, Tucker. And as soon as that happens, as soon as I see another couple hundred more prominent people that actually know what's going on, we've already reached chain reaction point, I'm going to hang it up and disappear like Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Alex Jones. Thank you. Thank you. What a great conversation. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your courage, Tucker. Thank you. Love your crew. Great energy. Thank you. Americana, Thank you. baby. Alex Jones. You hear people say the news is full of lies. Kennedy's motorcade. 239 people. Oh. 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 Oh.